Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 140th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we'll relay some 4K DVD news, talk about the Dinosaur Protection Group video, and we'll celebrate a birthday. Following that, we'll dive into our monthly Jurassic Mailbag with none other than Jennifer Tarek. It's definitely going to be hard to top last month's mailbag, but just maybe the March Mailbag will give it a run for its money. And I also think you just might like our new intro to this segment. Stay tuned for that. But then to round out the show, if you're still around after the mailbag segment, we'll jump into the audio lab and hear from Claire Deering herself, introducing the Dinosaur Protection Group. But enough of all of this stuff, we've got a packed episode for you, so why don't we get this one started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. The Dinosaur Protection Group is finally making its way out into the world, letting people know that they are here to protect these dinosaurs. And just last week, we got a video from Claire Deering herself announcing the Dinosaur Protection Group, giving everybody a little bit of insight into what they do, and it was a really great video. Shared from the Universal Pictures uh, YouTube page, this in-canon material I think is the perfect kind of uh, marketing that we need for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And it basically shows the mission behind this film, what the Dinosaur Protection Group is all about. Of course, though, if you're listening to this podcast, you've been diving into that website, digging deep, finding out everything you need to know about the Dinosaur Protection Group. But Claire just wants to give an overview and kind of let everybody know that maybe hasn't heard about them before. Now, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically a promotional video for the DPG. Um, And it actually has, it's kind of cool, it has some video footage from Jurassic World, a little bit from the Lost World as well, which is kind of cool. I liked seeing, I think it was the Compi and the Stegosaurus, the baby Stegosaurus in there. Um, And we get a a glimpse of the Dinosaur Protection Group in action. Um, Kind of what they do behind the scenes, like teaching kids all about dinosaurs. I feel like they're probably trying to make people or kids less afraid of dinosaurs and learn more about them to help save them from this inevitable destruction on Nublar. Now, in this uh, commercial, we get uh, a little bit of footage from Claire in action at the classroom and all that, but we also get her what seems to be the... um, uh, the offices that they're setting up out in San Francisco. Now, we got a glimpse of that, a uh, little bit of information via the website that they're getting stuff set up. It kind of looks like they're in action in the in the video here, so that's really cool to see her and Franklin Webb, who is played by Justice Smith. 
Um, later on, we get to see Daniela Pineda's character, and we get to see her or hear her speak, uh, which is really cool. We hadn't heard that before. But another nice touch I love about this kind of stuff is that it makes it feel like it's a legit website in that world that people from that world can go and visit this website, sign up to save dinosaurs, and it kind of gives us hope that maybe we're going to do something with this. Maybe we're going to save some dinosaurs when we sign up for this stuff on the website. But like I said, I feel like this video is more for the general audience to kind of bridge that gap and let more people know that the Dinosaur Protection Group exists and kind of give more people a backstory for this movie. Let them know that it's not just another Lost World ripoff. It's not, you know, the same thing as Jurassic World. It's going to be something a little bit different. If you want to check out the video, it's on our website in our show notes. And also, we wrote up a post about it on our website last week. Now, stay tuned because after the Jurassic Mailbag segment, we're going to be playing that audio in its entirety. Stay tuned. Via a listing on Amazon.com, we actually have the Jurassic Park 25th Anniversary Collection Limited Edition Blu-ray and 4K box set. So right now it is looking like this uh, DVD set, uh, the 4K set, is going to run you $68.39. And that is if you're a Prime member. The price might change or vary there if you're not. Now we have talked a lot about different cover art for these Blu-ray releases and new movie releases. Um, this one looks fantastic. We did get a glimpse of this. I don't know where it came from. I think it was maybe some overseas packaging. Um, but uh, it has the T-Rex roaring in the visitor center. One of the last shots from the original movie Jurassic Park. It has a newer logo, which I'm not, I'm not thrilled about. I don't love the newer logos like I've said before. It's more of the stainless steel kind of or rock look. Um, and it has a, like a brighter red in the background, very shiny. And it does say, uh, it says Jurassic Park, obviously, but then it says 25th Anniversary Collection. And it also has the uh, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth banner falling while the Rex is roaring. So this does include four movies, like I said, limited edition. And I, you know, I don't know particularly uh, what it has compared to the older discs. We might have to dive into that a little bit deeper later on. But I'm going to list the special features and some of the things that these discs contain. All right, so there's a massive eight-disc collection here. Disc one is Jurassic Park, includes a digital copy, um, and features the HDR for brighter, deeper, more lifelike colors. Now, that kind of goes across the board for all of these, all the, all the movies here. The Lost World, same thing. Jurassic Park 3, Disc 3, same thing. Jurassic World, Disc 4, same thing. Um, so then we're going to go down to Disc 5. Again, Jurassic Park. This includes a lot of bonus features here. So we have uh, the return to Jurassic Park, Dawn of a New Era. Return to Jurassic Park, Making Prehistory. Return to Jurassic Park, The Next Step in Evolution. We also have the making of Jurassic Park, an original featurette on, making, on the making of the film. Steven Spielberg directs Jurassic Park. Hurricane and Kauai featurette, early pre-production meetings, location scouting, Phil Tippett animatics, raptors in a kitchen, animatics, the T-Rex attack, ILM and Jurassic Park, before and after the visual uh, effects, uh, Foley artists, storyboards, production archives, photographs, design sketches, and conceptual paintings, Jurassic Park making the game, theatrical, uh, I'm assuming movie, uh, the Blu-ray disc live, uh, we have My Scenes, D-Box, Pocket Blue App. Uh, I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, then we're going to move on to Disc 6, The Lost World. Includes the digital copy, set all this. It has the Return to Jurassic Park, Finding the Lost World, Return to Jurassic Park, Something Survived, 
deleted scenes, the making of the lost world, original featurette on the making of the film, the Jurassic Park phenomenon, a discussion with author Michael Crichton, the copy dance number, thank you Steven Spielberg from ILM, ILM and the lost world before and after visual effects, production archives, production photographs, illustrations, and conceptual drawings, models, the world of Jurassic Park, the magic of ILM, posters, and toys. That was one long one right there. Uh, We also have storyboards, theatrical trailer, BD Live, uh, My Scenes, D-Box, app, or whatever that is. I don't know. Um, Number seven, uh, disc seven, is Jurassic Park 3. This includes a digital copy, as I said before, with all of these. Um, (laughs) Return to Jurassic Park, the third adventure. The making of Jurassic Park 3, the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park 3, the special effects of Jurassic Park 3, the uh, industrial light and magic press reel, the sound of Jurassic Park 3, the art of Jurassic Park 3, Montana finding new dinosaurs, a tour of Stan Winston's studio, Spinosaurus attacks the plane, raptors attack Udesky, the lake, a visit to ILM, dinosaur turntables, uh, storyboards to final feature comparisons, production photographs, Feature commentary with special effects team and all that other stuff that I mentioned before. Trailers, BD Live, whatever that is. My scenes, whatever that is. D-Box, whatever that is. A Pocket Blue app, whatever that is. Um, We also have disc number eight, which is Jurassic World, which thankfully features way less things to read. We have, well, not thankfully, because I kind of wish there was more. I was um, uh, maybe like you guys, a little bit disappointed with the amount of special features we got for Jurassic World. I was kind of hoping to get a little bit more here, but uh, it's not looking to be the case. We have deleted scenes. Chris and Colin take on the world. Welcome to Jurassic World. Dinosaurs roam once again. Jurassic World. All access pass. Innovation tour uh, with Chris Pratt. Uh, Jurassic's closest shaves presented by Barbasol. Now that I remember is specifically everything that was on the uh, Jurassic World DVD. So that's all eight discs right there. Um, I don't think there's anything more here to really announce, but uh, let's see. So in the image here for the limited edition box set, uh, we have the nice container for the the, the whole box. We have all the discs. Um, It looks like there's nice imagery here on them. It looks like the footstep of the T-Rex in front of the Explorer. Um, Man, I can't really see these too well. Um, We have maybe the Stegosaurus scene from The Lost World. I'm not too sure. Then we have a raptor. Looks like that probably facing off with like Amanda Kirby or something like that. And then the the same imagery that we've seen from Jurassic World with, uh, you know, that uh, cover art with Chris Pratt riding the motorcycle with the raptors next to him. The other ones are all just uh, straight black discs here with uh, the titles on them. And then inside the box set, it looks like we have a lot of nice artwork, or not artwork, but I guess um, imagery from the movies. Um, it looks like I can see maybe John Hammond, or uh, I don't know who that is. But uh, then we have the the um, Brachiosaurus scene. We've got a lot of awesome footage here. And so there's it looks like it's going to be a lot of great stuff in this collection that will be debuting May 22nd. You can actually pre-order this now, and uh, it'll be released on May 22nd. So you can get that as soon as you can. This, I don't know, these usually don't sell out, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. But I would jump on it just in case. If you want to find out more about this box set, head to the link in our show notes. Last but not least here in the news, we wanted to celebrate the birthday of upcoming Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom actor Rafe Spall. He's going to be playing Eli Mills. Looks like he's going to have some um, nefarious ties here in the movie, judging by uh, by the trailers and all that. His birthday is Saturday, March 10th. 
go online, find him, wish him a happy birthday, and uh, say good luck to everybody here from the Jurassic Park podcast and everybody in the community. Can't wait to see what you do. Oh, there it is. There it is. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Jurassic Mailbag. 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 Jurassic Mailbag never fails. It makes me wag my dino tails and bread and tender Jurassic Mail. It's Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. All right, we are back for another Jurassic Mailbag segment. This time it is March. It's not, uh, you know, Feb- February. Don't uh, do it. <laughs> don't fall down in the hole we again. We moved past it. We survived February. <laughs> but as you just heard, I'm joined by Jennifer Tarek, the lovely uh, co-host for the Jurassic Mailbag segment. How you doing? Hi, I still have that song in my head. That song was really legit. That was amazing. It's still in my head. It's like set a precedence for this episode. Like, we got to just match that standard now. Yeah. Well, that uh, that new intro was provided by Travis Stevens, uh, contributor here. Uh, he does the... Um, uh, the chaos theories segment, so and a lot of other stuff too, and we're gonna hear from him in a second. But uh, yeah, it's that was amazing. I, I love it. It fits this like this whole segment so perfectly. Um, and I know you've been like clamoring for like something fun and like a fun <laughs> intro like that, and uh, now we have one. I mean, you didn't like my version of the Jurassic Mailbag song, so <laughs> we can use Travis's. I guess it's a close second. Yeah, it's but... pretty close. It's yeah, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, I you know we're back after uh, you know a crazy February if that's how I'm pronouncing it I don't know I don't but know. Uh, nobody I don't, I don't think I don't know we'll find out but I don't think anybody commented with with their pronunciations um, but at least we can pronounce March I mean we're pretty set on that's how you say it right March I think everyone can agree it's March <laughs> I think I think so but uh, you know in, in the last month. I think we caused like a little bit of an uproar a little bit with some of our topics. I, I, uh, you know, the, the episode aired and people are like tweeting us like crazy about, you know, the, the questions from last week, like, or last month, um, the timeline of Jurassic world, how, uh, we were talking about like whether it took place in like 2015 or 2014 or 16 or what, you know, and with the Christmas music and all that stuff. So there was a lot of tweets about that. We caused some chaos. Um, also, your what thoughts. We, do. we, your... we cause chaos. <laughs> That's what we do here. That's really what this is. Um, and your thoughts uh, on the end of the Lost World, uh, talking about like the boat coming into the dock and engine not being prepared. That caused a lot of feedback. Um, and also, what was the other one? Um, oh yeah, where the dinosaurs were bred and raised. Um, I think, uh, was that Josh, I think, uh, submitted that question and like got real yeah. too deep with us, like at the end of the episode, like, uh, so <laughs> right. there was a lot we of commotion about we that. We weren't ready for that. Like we're, <laughs> we're not there. That's, that's a serious podcast question. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we answered all those questions pretty well to our best ability. It's tough when it's on the fly, but, um, yeah, we got some feedback for sure. And uh, who knows what this week's, uh, month or whatever, you know, I don't know what it is, uh, what this is going to bring. <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever month year it's not last month so we're okay yeah it's march march and, easy but th this past month has been crazy i mean uh, all those toys were revealed how did you like all that stuff my goodness, melting into a puddle over those things. I, I I don't even know. Was that last month or was that the month before? When I think, it was, I think it was this happen? past month, yeah. Um, oh and you know what I did? Oh. I went back I went back and watched the um, congratulations video that we did for Mattel. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the mailbag, guys. Uh, get used to it. Um, no editing. So I went back and listened to that video or watched it, and uh, you submitted one in particular that really focused on Claire, you know, not having a, a toy. And I feel like, you know, I know actually Mattel watched the videos, uh, our video, but um, the feedback in that video, like everything came to life, especially Claire. Um, and you kind of pointed out that like all we had was like this little Lego. And, mm -hmm. and I think that was about it, right? And um, now we have well, so much. I will gladly sit here and take full credit for that. Thank you. But everyone could send their, their letters to me thanking me mm -hmm. for that. But yep, yep. <laughs> I I I, um, I cannot believe the amazing things we've gotten. I mean, not only Claire, for example, but like everything, all the dinosaurs, the insane detail of the dinosaurs, the different types of dinosaurs. Back to Claire, though, we're going to have like two figures and and um and the, the Barbie, which is amazing looking i'm not going to talk about the chris pratt barbie but the price barbie <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like that awesome. chris pratt barbie's mailbag worthy though like i feel like okay. he needs to be a co-host because his hair is is legit um he's the the mascot he needs a little shirt that says jurassic mailbag he's doing the carrying the bag somebody please like photoshop that put like jurassic mailbag on it and give him a nice like satchel you know something yeah. that has jurassic mailbag on it that would be perfect that hair that hair is crazy okay you know who he looks like let me tell you this is what i've been telling everybody um Shane West. Does anybody know who Shane West is? Because yeah. if you don't, Google him and then look <laughs> at that doll, and they're the same person. <laughs> exactly the that same. Is so funny. <laughs> and that's what I've been telling people. So I don't understand why they mixed up pictures with Shane West and Chris Pratt. I don't know yeah. how that happened in production, but who it knows? happened, and we got a Shane West doll. Um, but that's whatever. Yeah. But the the Bryce doll. Okay, here's my thing with that. I um my not my problem, but my concern is that the Bryce doll at the toy show, toy fair, whatever, looked fantastic. But the Bryce doll in the promo pictures looks okay. And then it's reversed for the Shane Pratt one. It um he has. He looks crappy in the toy fair, but looks better in the promo pictures. So mm -hmm. they're swapped. So I don't know what we're actually going to get on the shelves. I'm hoping the Bryce one will be more like the one in person at the toy show because that was spot on. But I don't know. I I guess they always use like the best version for those kind of things. But yeah, I I, I the one in the in the promo thing, it's okay. But I don't know. I hope we get the the legit toy fair one on shelves. Yeah, I'm always a little hesitant because, yeah, they're trying to showcase the best of the best, you know, the best paint jobs and all that stuff. So whatever hits the shelves might be a tad bit different or, or whatever, but I, I'm pretty confident that this stuff's going to be awesome. It's all going to be really cool, and just the sculpts alone look fantastic on all these things. Um, I'm really excited about it. Oh, I'm I'm 
I'm so excited every day. I, I'm just like I can't. I, I'm the, the Funkos too. I don't know if we do we talk about the Funkos. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird doing Maybe. this month by month because I forget what we talked about or what came out when. Or and, and I don't it's know so what, hard. What There's just is. so much. There's so much going on. And like for instance, Jurassic World three. Oh What's my going gosh, on with that? Yeah. Like, come How on. About that? June 11th, <laughs> huh? How about that? What are we gonna do on June 12, 2021? Like, what's gonna happen to our lives on that day? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, it really all depends. Like, if it's, you know, the last one of, you know, the entire franchise, I don't know. If it's just the end of this trilogy, I feel like it really depends on that kind of question as to how I'm going to feel, you know, on that day. Like, I'm just not ready for it. Luckily, it's a bit away here. But now, oh, I was just telling Josh the other day that up until this point, until we got this June 11th date, We've kind of had like an open-ended excitement level of it, we're not we can't see the end yet, but now we just got our first beginning of the end deal. Like this is the the, the last time our first last is what I've been calling it. This is the um the last time we're gonna get a date announced for this trilogy kind of thing. Like it's already started. Mm-hmm. Like we already have the first of the last of the trilogy, and that I wasn't ready for that because I know I don't want it to end, you know and we're already we got the first of the last here, first of the last announcements. We're not going to get another Jurassic World date announcement. Yeah, that's that hit me too. I, I'll have to mm-hmm. say, like when I I was like super excited about it, and then kind of like sat back and I'm like, oh wow, like we're getting closer to the end than we are at the beginning almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. well, not really. We're kind of we're we're at the like halfway point almost. But um, it just, that feeling is just like oh wow, I can see the end. Yeah, it was the first of the last, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't yeah. prepared. Like, I know it was coming and everything, but I wasn't ready to sit there and get that announcement. And it was kind of early. It's really early to put that out. But, yeah, I was like, oh, that's it. We're not going to get another one of those symbol things out there. We're not going to get another date on a poster. Not poster, but Photoshop thing. That's it. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I we don't ready. know where, where they're going to go from there, but... That it, I mean, it would seem likely that that could be the end, at least for now. Um, I'm sure they don't want to like overload or oversaturate the market. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up getting spinoffs or something else. Um, I don't know, but uh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, do you um, want to dive into the uh, the mailbag? Oh, really quick, we didn't. Ha- we we have we have never discussed this Claire novel at this oh. point, have we? No. Uh, no, I don't think we have. I think maybe we. I don't know. Go ahead. Let's do it. I don't know. <laughs> this, this, it's, this it's already... impossible. I know like I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but like I'm like, who did did I who? What? Did I talk when? Huh? Like I'm know. so confused. I feel like I feel like I've talked to the world about this already, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've talked about it with you specifically, which is odd. So um, let's see. How can I even Look, discuss what this is? This it's impossible. I feel like we need to devote like an entire hour long episode to a synopsis. Like I feel would like people, that's what needs to happen. Would people be interested in that? Like listening to us talk about this novel for an hour? Yeah, with <laughs> zero details, novel. with just a with just a synopsis on the back. That's it. That's all we like, know. I, c- I could do we it. We could do but it. I don't know if people would be interested. I, in hey, that. hey, hey! Guess what? Who cares? <laughs> 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 well then we need to do that let's this... do it I'm, I'm down to do it i mean I am, uh, quick me quick wrap up i mean like i am really excited for it i i like the placement i'm a little 
um, nervous about like the character uh, building and all that. Um, but but who knows? I don't really know where well, they're going to go with it. I will tell you right now, that is my number one thing I'm looking forward to more than any possible thing attached to this movie because the figure's great. Barbies are up there. The Funkos are up there. Everything's up there. But this novel, this is beyond my expectations. Like, this is everything I possibly could have wanted. If I even had an inkling it was possible, it would have been in the Mattel video, even though it's not a Mattel thing. I still would have put it in to the world. Just because, <laughs> we need all you know? the Claire things, yeah. And I didn't even think that was ever going to be a thing. Like, I could have imagined maybe in a comic book years from now they might have referenced something, but never... Did I ever think I would get a full novel and not even just like I thought, OK, when I heard about it, I'm just sorry, we're, this is going pretty long. But just when I heard about it, I thought, oh, it might be just like a little picture book or a couple pages. It is like a book. It's a book book. Yeah. It's 300 pages. Like I it's beyond anything. And that is what I'm more, most excited for beyond anything else. Toy wise, franchise wise, movie probably up there too but this novel is so so up there for me i am looking forward to beyond anything so i would love to do a full episode i could t- we could talk what Let's we think what we want to see what just the synopsis the, the cover art like we could go on and on so we i should am, do that i gotta say i'm just happy that they didn't just like announce uh an owen novel you know right I, I, i'm so right. happy about that because you know, we always talk about her not getting enough credit. This is her series. Like, it's not its not his. I mean, he's, like, on the cover and just gets all, like, the first billing, it seems like, you know, everywhere. Yep. But it, yep. it's really her story, and I'm so glad that it got announced first for her. Maybe we'll get an Owen book, too, but at least for now, we're, we're, we're starting off with Claire. And in the first expanded universe book, that's so cool. I, I can't even I mean I think I must have thanked Colin like 700 times on Twitter or whoever's idea it was just I hope they get the credit they I just love it I'm so happy I'm so so lucky I feel lucky that it that it worked that way I feel like a lot of things had to fall into place for this to happen especially for it to come out in this first wave of things here mm-hmm. and it, everything aligned right and it, it's happening it's real it, it's a real thing it's true and I, I'm just I just feel really lucky and fortunate that Claire's getting her voice. She, yeah. th- I'm so happy about that. That's my number one thing that I'm looking forward to. Probably the yeah. only one. Party of one. That's fine. <laughs> I live my life party of one. It's fine. Yeah, before <laughs> everybody yells at me for. because I said the first expanded universe, uh, there was like some Jurassic Park 3 tie-in books and stuff like that. I'm not going to count those per se. Um, let's start here with this Claire yeah. book. I mean, this is hardcore. I think Colin might even might have mentioned that this is canon, that it counts. So I believe he tweeted that out. Well, I think I think anything nowadays, you know, canon is such like a common thing and people want canon. People want things to tie up together. Um, so I think it's inevitable in that sense until they start maybe getting branching out too far and have too many things. But mm-hmm. uh, I think for one book, it's OK to assume that. I mean, I'm I'm peeing myself that this is a thing. So we got we got we'll talk about it. <laughs> There's a little taste of, of that. But yeah. yeah. I'm, All right, that's so my number one. We have a ton of stuff lined up for the mailbag. You guys came through this this month and called like crazy, sent in audio files. We only have one email, which is a great transition to me not reading as much. Boo. So, <laughs> Everyone's disappointed now. <laughs> nobody wants to hear me read. Um, so let's start off here. Um, we're going to continue the theme of Travis. 
And uh, I have a little voicemail here, so let's uh, let's take a listen to this. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what hey, that Brad was. and Jen, this is Travis Stevens, longtime listener, occasional contributor. Jen, I really, really, really look forward to the time that you would finally give the Lost World a chance and watch it. And and you did watch it. I had hoped that you would see the growth of Ian Malcolm as a character. Growth beyond his cocky, stylish rogue featured in Jurassic Park, I hoped that you would see the haunted man who had experienced unique trauma that had tempered him, changed him. And despite the trauma, he still bravely resigns himself to the danger to save other ill-fated humans and dinosaurs. I hope for so much. I hope for too much. (laughs) Jen, I want you to know that I value your contributions to the JGP, and you certainly don't need my approval. It needn't be said that you are 100% entitled to any opinion you might have on the film The Lost World, however much we disagree. I'll be honest, when I first watched it in 1997, I was still too obsessed with the original Jurassic Park and had it placed on so high a pedestal that at first I didn't give The Lost World a chance to even exist as a separate film. I didn't realize it, but I just couldn't be happy with The Lost World because I wanted to watch Jurassic Park again. Today is different. I love that it's a completely different film. It takes us on a totally unique adventure. I love everything that happens. It's a summer popcorn blockbuster, so it has perfectly beautiful corny and over-the-top moments, which I accept as part of the style. Now, I want you to understand, I wrote the song you're about to hear out of a rawness, a a place of hurt (laughs) and disappointment. (laughs) It was a tender reaction to your dismissal, one of the core JP films, so I don't want you to think that there are any bad feelings between us, but I felt like I had to get this off my chest. Brad and Jen, thanks for all your contributions to the JP community. So yeah, you heard you heard him. He's got a, he's got another song for you. <laughs> oh my! The last song, I mean, not the intro, but we had a song what a few months back. It was pretty pretty fantastic about it you. It was amazing. Uh, it, was it was about epic. you watch or like wanting or him wanting you to watch the movie or something like that, right? And I crushed his dreams. I mean. It, yeah. I feel so bad. All right, I I, I got comments, but let, well, let's do this. All right, let's uh, let's let's rip, check it rip out. Rip off that, rip off that bandaid. Let's do it. This song goes out to Jenny T <laughs> after her first and only viewing of the Lost World. You came to the party over twenty years late. <laughs> you didn't have a single nice thing to say. Aww. Since 1997, your opinion was irrelevant. And in 2018, you finally took a chance. You took one glance. <laughs> Two months of fellow fan convincing. Months of convincing. <laughs> I bet the whole time you were wincing. It's like you didn't even watch it. Since 1997, you ignored Ian Malcolm Heaven. Seriously. January, you made the very good decision to watch the last world. Jurassic Park. And you hated it, you regretted it, and implied that you don't like that. I say what? You took your verbal tone on some key black holes. Why don't you leave Sarah Harding and leave her alone? What's your fault? Why do you think you are? Why do you clearly give a pass to JP? Doesn't make sense. Stop to think you got a serious problem with some independent female leads. Now I'm rapping. Now I'm rapping. <laughs> Gonna rap about Dr. Ian Malcolm. Cause if I rap about him, it won't be liked by Jen. It's a double whammy, so I can get under her skin. <laughs> Chaos theory outlined so clearly. The dangers of all the dinosaurs here reappearing. 
Ian Malcolm warned us that up, life finds a way. Please listen to the words that Dr. Malcolm would say. The butterfly effect. Mom is very angry when you gotta go, you gotta go. And Rex is lawyer hangry. Cool, but good word you, so don't take, take it out on me. me. Please risk it till later, there's the running and the screaming. God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, woman inherits the earth. Not just Bryce Heichel, Dallas Howard, you hated it, you deflated it, you destroyed it like the copies that nibbled at Dieter's nose and stuff, you ripped apart the characters as though you weren't aware that you're on the Jurassic Park podcast. Everybody saw the lost world two decades ago, you just came to the table with opinions alone. What are we supposed to say to our dear Jenny T today? troglodyte <laughs> oh okay. my god that is he amazing is so talented even though <laughs> even though that that was sad but he is so talented <laughs> i can't get over this ian malcolm rap <laughs> gets me so I know. good <laughs> just, just to get me more he's gonna rap about it but oh man what do i even do okay Party of one, as we were talking about before, I'm back in my party of one because did I really rip it apart that badly? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the worst movie in the world. I've seen much worse many times. Well, maybe um, maybe everybody listened to you on the missing compies, and that's probably where you uh, really ripped it. I guess. He was, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't remember that one. I don't remember yesterday. I don't remember. So. Yeah. Seven minutes. But, ago. Um, yeah. Seven minutes is a long time to remember. So who are you again? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> Travis. Um, well, I love the song and I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love the lost world. I don't know. I can't help it. It's okay. You don't have it's to okay. love it. It's, it's fine. fine. I mean, it's fine. I don't hate it. I love the song. I that, love song, all the, the, that song the was poems. pretty good. <laughs> I love all the poems written about me of, to see it. Uh, maybe I need to see it again. I don't know. Yeah, oh, come on. You can't like, you can't be a one and done. You have to watch it more than once. Like, and I mean, he he does have a valid point. Like, you 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 really can't watch something once and just dismiss it or not. You know, because there's a lot more to things than just one mm-hmm. viewing. Like. Like Jurassic oh, Park agree. three for me, I I walked out of that theater really disappointed, and like now I I I love it. It's it's a fun movie, and it's not perfect by any means, but it's a really fun movie. I had a, I have a great time with it, and I maybe watch that one more than any of the others. So mm-hmm. it, it's just yeah, it it just you you change and you you appreciate things. So I have no doubt that you'll learn to appreciate a lot of that movie. Um, but yeah, sometimes you know, you just can't get by certain aspects of a movie if you if you just don't like it. You know that's fair. Yeah, it's but a fair I mean, point, but. I'm, I don't. I mean, like I said, there are things that I hate a lot more because it is a Jurassic movie. I mean, that's why I was really harsh about it because in a general movie scope, it's really great up there with great movies. But out of the Jurassic Four, I, that's where it falls a little for me. But that's just because I love the other ones so much. Yeah. More. It's not to say that the Lost World's bad. It's not bad by any means. But when you're with things like Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, which I love a lot, and even Jurassic Three, I I do love a lot because I grew up with that one. Um, when you put it up with there, it has a harder time 
getting to the top. But when you put it with other movies, of course it's way up there. I mean, I don't hate it by any standards. Yeah. But we were comparing it to the Jurassic movies, and that that's a different standard. Especially, like you said, I'm on the Jurassic podcast, so of course <laughs> I'm going to be partial to Jurassic films here. And so putting it on, on par with the other Jurassic films might be where my negativity is coming from, just because mm. I love those so much. So yeah. in general, I don't hate The Lost World. <laughs> Put that on record. I don't hate it in general. It's just That'll when we're the, comparing uh, it to the other films. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. I always feel bad about ranking movies that I love. And I, I always like feel like I'm just like shortchanging the one that I put in last place. I'm like, I, I do love this movie, but it has to be number four, you know, or how out of however yeah. many for any series, you know. There has to be, uh, you know, a last pick. And yeah, yeah you and love it still, but it just has to fall somewhere, you know, short of the others. And I mean, Jurassic is so strong on its own that it's really, you got to put something first, you got to put something last. And just because something's last doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means it's, the other things are just at such a high standard. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I fall with The Lost World. And I, I do, I should watch it again because you're very right about when you go back and watch something, you're more familiar with the characters, you're familiar with the feel, and you can pick up cues that you missed the first time and I, I you do appreciate it more the second time around so I do have to do that now there's me songs about me watching it again because it <laughs> could take me a long time to do that because I have no time for anything but um but yeah put the record out there that I don't hate it when it's compared yeah. to movies but it falls lower than the other Jurassic films in those four just because I love the other ones so much now, a little note from his email. He said, uh, how dare she make valid points about Sarah Harding? So <laughs> at least oh, he's well on your there. side about that. Yeah, <laughs> That's nice. I'll t- he didn't put that in the song, but I'll no, take that. He left that out. He left that out. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'll take it. I'm going to read an email. Um, so I figured I'll get it out of the way, you know, up front for the most part. Um, <clears throat> let me <clears throat> let me clear my throat. Um, this is an email from Danny. It says, Hey, Brad and Jen. First, I want to say how much I enjoyed the podcast and your policy on spoilers. Before I found your show, I tried different podcasts that talked about leaked images, and right off the bat, I had to stop right there. Um, official reveals are a different story. I love seeing little snippets here to remind slash excite me about the upcoming movie. I'm really excited for younger kids uh, stuff since I have a nine-month-old nephew and I plan on getting him the Duplo toys aside from the little golden uh, books that I got uh, him already. Uh, My dog loved the Jurassic World plush toys and I plan on getting him the new ones. As for myself, I am uh, most excited about the Jurassic World Evolution game. I missed out on JP Operation Genesis, but I won't miss out on this one. So, along these lines, my question to you is, out of all the merch we've seen so far, what one item are you most excited about? I know there's a lot of cool stuff, but the challenge is picking a single item. All right, I'll leave it to you. Thanks again for the awesome show, Danny. Uh, thanks, Danny. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's a cool show. I, I'll, I'll, you know, take you up on that. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, okay, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> as far as the toys, um, I have... Oh, okay, well, that's there you go. That's all the merch we've seen. Yeah, true. He didn't say toys. He just said merch. So, so that's your one. I mean, I you, you that made so that hard. pretty clear. But, but I guess I mean um, number two. I what hey, are you no, saying about buying the, buying the toys <laughs> for um, like you need little kids to buy the toys. I'm like, well, I'm gonna buy three Clara Barbies, one so I could set 
and not touch one so i can like play with and one in case like i don't know we have a natural disaster and you can't buy any more at a certain point i don't know so i'm gonna buy three just to have them to have them safe um so maybe that outside of the novel if he wants like if the novel doesn't count but no novel counts you're good okay. you're good with the number i'm gonna one. buy like seven of those just to <laughs> prove that they're real but yeah that that's my pick and okay. and I don't I don't have children I don't really have well, I do have young nieces and stuff but no I'm buying all the toys for myself sorry Josh yeah. is Josh is my child he'll have them all so <laughs> he'll he'll buy more than me and together we'll own everything so how do you like that Josh does that sound good <laughs> your child your child Josh he'll admit that it's true <laughs> so I already bought the uh, little golden book um, I think that thing's awesome. Um, I bought that for my kid or for myself, uh, and I'm not sure which one. But um, the Duplo stuff, I'll probably most likely get that because I feel like he'll he'll want to play with that stuff. It'll be probably a good time for him to play with it. Um, but the one item uh, that I'm most excited about, you know, yeah, I'm really excited about that book. But I feel like the um, Colossal Super whatever T-Rex thing. That thing is awesome. It's so huge. It's yeah. it's reminiscent of, you know, the Bull T-Rex, one of my favorite toys, um, which is like the biggest toy. But that new one is going to, you know, eclipse it. It's so big. It's three feet long. And it also swallows the human figures and the other dinosaurs probably or whatever. Um, it looks great. The sculpt looks pretty spot on for the, the T-Rex that we're familiar with. So I think I'm most excited for, for that one. Let me tell you what I listened to your podcast with Aaron when you were talking about the toys, and I know who's that guy, but um, you know E R I N that that dude. Um, I I cannot believe how many you touched on so many good points and how so many good toys that are coming. That honestly, okay, if I take off my my Claire goggles and forget about the book and the Barbie for a sec. And just look on the dinosaurs, even just the dinosaurs. I don't even know what I would buy because they're so good. There's so many. That T-Rex is awesome. I mean, all the Mosasaurus stuff. You know, the, the little, the, the, even the plushies, that little stiggy plushie? That yeah. thing's adorable. Like, there's one. I mean, I was looking through the catalogs and stuff that were coming out, and I'm, I'm just circling them. Like, I want everything. I, I, I think it totaled like three hundred dollars. Everything that I wanted. It's, it's really hard to choose. But what a market to be in. What, what a predicament that we, we have that hard time choosing. Yeah. I, Excellent. I'm, I, I, I feel like kind of crushed by the weight of all this stuff. You know, there's Funko Pops, which are, you know, kind of pop popping up. Didn't mean to do that, but they're popping <laughs> up all over the place right now. Um, even though like some of the release dates are kind of staggered in a way, like um, a lot of the stuff you're seeing, you know, in people's homes now are still not released in some merchant, uh, you know, places. So uh, I, I still got to get some of those like, and then all this Mattel stuff and books and, uh, and to, uh, JP 25, you know, merchandise. Oh, yeah. Like there's just, almost too much at the moment i'm kind of like nervous because i i don't want to go bankrupt on all this stuff i know i don't think my wife would appreciate that but i was even thinking like collectors and stuff and people who do the the youtube videos and who try to cover all this i'm like how are you how are you even wrapping your mind around everything that you can try to cover because there's just so much stuff in every possible category so i'm trying to stay in my lane and and even then i'm like well that 
that T-Rexy mansion, that's pretty cool. And yeah. and the big Mosasaurus, that's pretty that cool too. Amazing. And then the little oh. little stiggies, those are those are pretty cool. But I already have like eight things that I've circled here in my head and and I wanna buy like multiple of those mm -hmm. for emergency situations, like I told you, like earthquakes or something. I don't know. What if it falls <laughs> in the middle of the one earth? It falls like, in like that one crack that just went like down the middle of your house and just yeah, goes in. Do you guys I have a lot have of earthquakes in Pennsylvania? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Because <laughs> we I'm don't like, have many natural yeah. disasters at all. But. I'm like, we don't really have that many over here on the East Coast, but like, little ones maybe. But <laughs> no, we don't have tornadoes or floods or hurricanes or earthquakes. But oh, you we never have hurricanes. Know. There's, there's like some crazy snow rainstorm coming in right now. So or ju or just happened, depending on when you're listening to this. So. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was wind outside. Like There's anything wind. can happen. So, yes. well, that T Rex is kind of big and heavy. I don't think that's going anywhere in the wind. But <laughs> that, that, the Pteranodons, maybe they might. They got wings. They might take off. And the the the, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, Tirana drone. That thing's gonna go. Like, there's no okay. stopping that in wind. You gotta have multiple. So that that's my plan to have multiple of absolutely everything and mortgage my house. So yeah. I think that's everybody's plan at this point. But um, I don't know. Did you hear this is off topic ish? But did you hear that Target is already getting some merchandise in? Like people are picking up things from Target with Fallen Kingdom on them. Yeah, I've seen um like sticker packs and and stuff like yeah. that. So I I go to Target too much probably. You know, um it's like two minutes from my house. I'm always there and I'm always looking for Jurassic stuff. They really don't have much in mine. So I don't well, know. I'm not too hopeful. Um, for this stuff just yet, but maybe, I mean, it, you know, Target has so much Jurassic stuff. You can see it online and all that, but like, it's just not showing up in my location. So I don't know. I, I got to get out there and check it out though. Well, on Saturday, I'm making a field trip from my house to my Target, which is about 10 minutes. So I'm going to yeah. make a, a field trip on Saturday to see what my Target has. And if yeah. they don't have anything, there happens to be another Target in the other direction, 15 <laughs> minutes. So we're going to try both Targets on Saturday and do some exploring, see if I can find anything. Might as well. Give it a shot. Yeah. But uh, thanks, Danny. That was a good question. Um, let's move on here to a voice memo from who? – who is this? This is uh, Aaron? 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 Okay, Aaron. Oh, E-R-I-N. Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, Aaron. Let's, let's take a look at this. this. Actually, it's titled, Why Care About Claire? <gasps> so, controversial. Uh -oh. let's, uh, let's, uh -oh. let's, let's see what it says. Hey, Jen and Brad. It's Aaron Byer calling. And uh, I actually have a question more for Jen uh, than Brad, because Brad, you and I actually hey. discussed this already. Oh, uh, okay. But I was on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about all the new Jurassic World merchandise, and we uh, kind of came across the book, and the book... Uh, description that Brad read uh, specifically talked about an evolution that we're going to see in the character uh, of Claire. And my opinion is is that we were already kind of seeing a pretty favorable transformation in the character uh, throughout the movie uh, portion of the franchise. And so my question to you, Jen, is what kind of story arc could there possibly be uh, with a character who we're not really supposed to like at the beginning of the movie? Um, what do you think we're going to get with that character transformation, do you think the, you know, book will uh, paint her in a good light by the end? Um, maybe kind of sell me a little bit on what you think this book is going to be and uh, what we should be looking forward to. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Hope you're having a good one. 
Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited because I actually wanted to address this since he, um, since I listened to that podcast. Okay. Oh, I'm excited because I know he said how he didn't think it made sense that we're, they're going to introduce us to a character, have them grow just so we don't like them again and then have them grow again. It was like repetitive and weird and stuff, but okay, let me, let me, this, this is exciting. Okay. So I, yeah, you're not supposed to like, like Claire in Jurassic world, but Everybody, no one just starts out that way. So I find it very fascinating that we get to see who she was before, like who, who she was at school and how she evolved to there. And if she was always that way or because we've only seen one one film at this point and we know she changes a little bit in this next one. But I, how can you not want to know what happened to her to make her like that, to make her close it off like that? I want to know if she was like that in school as well, if she was if she was always kind of that personality or what happened, what like traumatic thing or what what killed her spirit, basically, like what happened in between internship to Jurassic World. And I find that extremely fascinating, more fascinating than the arc that we're going to get here um, with fallen kingdom and then three because that's such an easy arc i mean okay you have someone closed off and then things happen and then they're like oh well i'm better and i'm awesome now like that's not to say cliche but you, it's expected but we don't know what happened in that little bubble before jurassic world to make her that point so i don't understand how you could not be excited to see that and then it might even help you appreciate the full arc when we get to the third movie and then you can literally see Jurassic like first getting hired there as intern and then all the way to the end I mean you get a whole life of of back background data and I mean you can't just look at one little movie and take the character it's not I don't I don't think it was meant to be that way and by them going before and showing the pre-version that just furthers the point that the arc is so large over what I don't know how many years is that 30 20 years I don't know but a whole whole bunch of years and how can you not want that from a character how can you not want a full arc like that you can't just take one little piece like people who don't like her in Jurassic World they just take that piece and they're like oh she's she, she's terrible but don't you want to see why <laughs> don't you want to know how that happened don't you want to see if you like her at all in the beginning and then if you don't like her it's fine but don't you want to see at least have an explanation of why we're there and then to go further. I think this is extremely valid and extremely important book for people who don't like her because at least you could see why you don't like her and if you always didn't like her or why she got to that point. So there's your answer, Erin, E-R-I-N, <laughs> of why you should care about this book because you, you got to at least give her a chance. You got to at least see if you always never liked her and you can't always just like people anyway because in their life i mean you're young and you over 40 years people change and and things happen and you just take one little piece out of their life and you either like them or you don't but you don't get the whole picture and with this book we get the whole picture and i think that's that's important mm -hmm. yeah i guess i kind of just wondered i actually mentioned it in the top of this show um when I said about the book, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of concerned about the story arc and stuff like that. So I uh, I wonder just like how it will affect her growth in Jurassic World. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting yeah. to see her go from, you know, maybe fun loving to closed off and then from closed off to, yeah. to fun loving again. Like that'll be interesting. I don't know how that'll work. And 
you know, how can it's I don't know what how to put it, but like, can you root for that story in a way when you're when your character is your main character is kind of like closing herself off the entire time or, you know, going from a, a happy personality to somebody who's shallow because I she, think... she's not very, you know, a very nice person. She's kind of. She's forgetful as an ant and not really caring and all that stuff. So it's it'll be interesting to see her on kind of like a downward spiral, spiral, I guess. I don't know. I like that. I like that because it's not something you normally see, but it'll it'll I think it'll help in the bigger picture like as we go on forward as well, but I mean, people do have ups and downs. I mean, you're not going to I, I like it. I like it a lot. I like that we get to see how we got there. And yeah, I can see your point about how you're going to root for her in the book when you know she's just going to end up that way. But more so, it gives you an understanding, I think, an appreciation. And I, I'm guessing, I don't know what's in the book, but an understanding of where we are when we get to Jurassic World. And maybe you build a compassion for her. Maybe it'll, it'll show you Jurassic World in a totally different light. Maybe that's the point. Maybe... Um, cause you don't, you just take it for face value. A lot of people do just take it for face value when they watch the movie. But if you have mm-hmm. that background of what's in the novel, maybe it'll completely change your perspective and people maybe. will see it differently. I don't know, but I think it's valid. I think it's an important thing to have, especially if it's going to do that to yeah. people. I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. Like she's a very shallow character, like I said, and there's nothing, you don't see like a struggle with her character at that point. <laughs> I disagree, Brad. It, I disagree in, no, so hard. In the in the very be- in in the beginning when she meets the the when I she meets disagree. the people. How? Okay. Where do you disagree? Okay, let me just I didn't even say me, anything. <laughs> we're we're get, we're getting into a whole discussion of probably which where should be in the in the book podcast, but um, Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I disagree so much because I think in the beginning I, I don't think she's like just just shallow and I, I feel like there is something that caused that I feel like she does have this whole background maybe in my head I, I created this whole background and that's why I'm excited for this book because I feel like I'm people need that because I think that's why I like her so much because I I see something behind her you know like I see something there, there I don't know if it's something that I identify with maybe I'm just a mean person I'm not sure but there's just I feel like there's something else there there's a lot there there's a lot hidden like a lot of scars you could just see that there's like a lot of she doesn't just do stuff just to be mean it's like um a facade deal like how I wrote I wrote that thing on the Jurassic Outpost and that's kind of how I feel about it and I really think that this novel will explain to everyone else what I've been seeing it not to sound like super conceited or anything I don't mean it like that, but uh, I feel like the point's missed on a lot of people, and maybe they need this novel to bring up the point. I don't know. Maybe. But I disagree that 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 she's not that she's just one dimensional. I feel like there's a lot behind there. Maybe a lot that's, there, there's that's, there's a little I bit do. with her sister and her mother. You know, there's that, but yeah. I don't know. I I just feel like she's she's strictly business and not too caring and you, you i don't you don't see it on screen i feel like her struggle or anything like that she's not a very dimensional character in that sense in the very beginning like from the moment she meets with the the people the investors to- i disagree okay wait look in the elevator look when she's in the elevator i mean she's obviously not as confident as she pretends to be there she's a person she's a, the, the first shot of her she's not like straight 
like she she's she's nervous she's she's thinking through she's under pressure she all this like a normal person would be and then as soon as it goes into the lab she's like on and she's talking and she's doing her business yep. thing well, and she's see, confident I, I take that a different direction too because the way she's coming down in that elevator repeating the the people's names and stuff i feel like that's something you would see um from like a newscaster when they're when they prepare for their show or podcaster you know everybody's like talking about the tip of their tongue and they're trying to do these alliterations that that rhyme so that they can get their mouth warmed up to kind of do a performance in a way and she is performing at that mm-hmm. moment she's doing a performance for these investors so i feel like she's just preparing saying like uh <laughs> what is it from um from anchorman i just remember like the the human torch was denied a bank loan like he just do, does this like weird saying to prepare his mouth <laughs> So I feel like that's what she's doing. I don't necessarily see a, a like a a not non confidence moment for her. I, I just see like this. I'm preparing for this thing, this performance that I have to do. I I don't know. I I see a whole vulnerability throughout the whole film. I see she has like a, a facade the whole time, but then there's there's little cracks of moments where she she does like a lot of stuff in the control room, which is great, and just a lot of str- like I just see a lot of inner struggle and like a lot of a lot of debate and a lot of things going on and i feel like there's a lot more going on than people give her credit for i don't know and hopefully this novel can can bring people to that i don't know what's going to happen but i don't i i don't see a one-dimensional thing i i yeah. owen's a one-dimensional thing he has one one basis of yeah, a line yeah. every uh, single look, time and i'm not trying to pinpoint it to the entire movie because uh, she she is very dimensional throughout the movie I'm just talking about like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like I don't mm. see much scope there. It's from that moment on once things start to go out of her control is when you start to see her character develop. You see, you know, under that thick skin that I feel like she's developed from whatever this situation is in this book. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that's accurate, I would say. I mean, yeah, there's obviously there's obviously stuff under there. I that's that's why I'm saying this book is really important because I feel like we she yeah exactly I mean the book clearly says that she developed the wall and you're gonna see how she got to the wall and in the beginning of the film sure she has a wall but I, I there's a lot under there I don't know there's a lot under there and, and for people to say that the book's not warranted or that we don't really need it or I'm not interested of why we would need a book I I don't know I disagree completely because there is a whole growth that happens in Jurassic World to a point where she does get rid of the wall a little bit and you get to see a lot of inner struggles in my opinion and um there's a lot under there and I want to I want to see that in a book I want to see how she got there I want to see who she was before all of this and why she's like that in Jurassic World and and if what's underneath matches where she was at the end of Jurassic World maybe she's a completely different person both sides I don't know but um I, I don't know it's very warranted to me and I, I would love. I love to see what's under what, who she was before. I don't know. I agree. I'm. I'm so looking yeah. forward to that book. I think it's going to explain a lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, we. I don't want to talk about it too much because we're. Yeah, we're going to do an, another episode about yeah. this. Yeah, have to. I'm right? trying to like, avoid this. We, we, we talked about one talk ex- about aspect, so. <laughs> and we've already done 46 minutes, and we've done three things. So let's oh my move gosh. on. <laughs> Next one. This one's from Scorpio Dino sixteen on Twitter. Uh, hello, it's uh, Scorpio Dino sixteen on Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> I was uh, having another uh, lovely debate with uh, someone in the community today. We we're just talking about the Raptors, 
uh, and I started to think and about what I was uh, typing in the debate, and I was I kind of had a revelation. Like I know it's very jarring for some people, like the transition of these vicious raptors in the first three to the still vicious, but you know not port, not shown in scenes to be vicious as vicious as the first three in those the rap the sorry the raptors in Jurassic World. Uh, and I was thinking that it all boils down to like order for the raptors. I mean, uh, in the first three, uh, I mean in the first. Like the raptors aren't treated very well, you know, and for because of that, they they go like psychotic. Like the big one is crazy. She's a psychopath. She kills five other raptors and keeps two alive. And that that's not very orderly. Like they still pack, you know, they still hunt, but that's not really orderly at all. And uh, in the Lost World, you see an, an organized. You know, still a bit loose, you know, wild away from humans, an organized group of animals that hunt as one, you know, like in the tall grass. And you sort of see that in Jurassic Park 3, too. They're organized, they go out to the eggs together, and, you know, it's it's about order. It's the order of being in a pack, you know, looking up to an alpha and challenging the alpha when need be. And in Jurassic World, is taken to, like, an 11, and... You know, you see what happens when a human, inter- um, not really interferes, but human takes advantage of this order that the raptors have, treats them well, you know, or when, it's like, the park treats the raptors very well. They have their own little enclosure. I mean, Owen's got them, you know, <clears throat> all maintained, you know, feeding them in order. I mean, Blue is probably the one that gets the most riled up, so he feeds her last, all that stuff. And... <clears throat> It's interesting to look at, you know, this dynamic of order between the movies. And I also mentioned that I was hoping that uh, Owen will die in Jurassic World 2 because, one, it would be uh, it would be interesting to see how this uh, with Claire and that kind of stuff. Well, enjoy the podcast. Uh, thanks, guys. Bye. Um, I am going to continue because he, he called in a second time, so let's uh, uh, go with this one. Uh, hey, it's um, Scorpio on sixteen on Twitter again. Yeah, I had to uh, end the last voicemail bit abruptly, so you're probably wondering why I said I wanted Owen to die in Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> well, let me explain. I was talking with uh, the wonderful Jurassic Collectibles on Twitter about this, and I think that it would be really interesting to see because I'm guessing Blue will survive, maybe. Like, um, you know, Owen's more likely than Blue to survive. But I hope that Owen dies and Blue survives. And if this happens, then Blue, I was talking about there's an order and how that keeps them sane. Blue will have lost, like, the last thing that ties her to order. You know, Owen is her alpha. Like, maybe. We don't know if she still is in Fallen Kingdom. All her sisters are dead, so she's just on her own. And without Owen, then there is nothing left for her <laughs> to keep her sane so she could like revert back to this feral wild psychotic raptor like in the first jurassic you know the raptors that molding did such a bad job of (laughs) taking care of yeah i want to know your thoughts on that and it would be interesting to see if like uh, blue could sort of revert back to that and that's that would be another like a nice little nod at how people shouldn't mess with dinosaurs They'll eventually go mad and eat you. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I 
thought a lot about the Raptors and how that would affect Lou if Owen died and affect Claire too. You know, like I, I mentioned, you know, Claire, it would be interesting to see how, where she goes from this. And I don't want it to be just some generic romance thing with her and Owen, you know, they get together again at the end of the second movie, you know, it's, I think it's going that way. I don't want it to be like that, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm loving the podcast. Uh, keep up the great work. Bye. That was, uh, that was really awesome. Like I, I actually think he put it so eloquently, like more than anybody else has recently. There's so many people arguing about, um, the different Raptors and, uh, you know, the, the, the Jurassic world ones being more cartoony and all that, but I, I disagree with a lot of that, and I think I think he put it perfectly that it's all about order and like specifically in Jurassic World, Owen taking advantage of that order and or you know just Mizrani you know taking advantage of that in general um, for the park or for bigger meanings like uh, training uh, for war or whatever. But I, I think it's um, I think it's pretty awesome the way he described that all and, and tying it all back to order. Yeah, I mean, I know that that was always a complaint from the start when they were saying they were going to train raptors and people were like, you can't train raptors and all this. <laughs> and I mean, I guess it's a it's a level of domestication kind of. Yeah, they, exactly. Like, the more that they interact with people. And I do wonder, I, I don't know if Blue will ever actually go back to what like the Jurassic Park raptor was or anything like that because she did grow up with people in that sense her entire life. She doesn't know anything else. Um, even right now, I I do wonder right now where we are with Fallen Kingdom. Theoretically, she's on the island right now all by herself because the movie hasn't happened yet. So is she like functioning like a regular raptor would be or does she need – is she a little bit dependent on people and – how domesticated is is she at this point and can that be reversed i don't know i mean that's a valid question in itself mm -hmm. so and yeah. i don't know if i want to see i don't know what i want to see there either i don't know if i want her to be dependent on people even a little or i don't i don't think that she'll ever she could ever be at the standard that the other raptors were even though they were probably you can argue they were raised in a lab and blah 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 but it's a, it's a little different with this one so i don't know yeah you know i i think the best way to compare them is well here you know before i say that i feel like the other raptors the original three versions are almost comically monstrous in a way like they're 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 almost too monstrous um and i feel like the jurassic world ones actually got them pretty like right in a way and i'll, I'll say that i like i was going to say before um, the best way to, I think, compare these or the best thing to compare them to are dogs. You know, mm -hmm. there there's many types of dogs and many breeds and uh, some are happier, some are more angry, some are this or that. Um, and, you know, you can domesticate them or you can let them run wild, you know, on the streets of some city. You know, I, I went to um, I went to Peru and there's wild dogs just everywhere and they're not your standard dog you know they're not like they're not like a a loose dog here in a, in in the United States they're not like uh you know your your house pet 
or anything like that. They're they're very different. Um, and I feel like that's what, you know, a lot of the other raptors were like. And today in Jurassic World, we have, you know, the trained dogs. I took my dog to the trainer, and he's very well behaved for the most part. Um, and he listens to commands, and he sits, and he does all this stuff. And, he, and I feel that's exactly what those raptors did. So I don't think it's implausible to ever have a raptor that would do that. They are animals, you know. They're not just monsters and i feel like that's what the original three were they were they were so monstrous and so wild and almost too much like the the ones in jurassic park were straight up killers like the one um and the ones in yeah the lost world too i mean yeah they were they were pretty much killers the third ones were a little bit more parental and all that stuff but um the ones in Jurassic World are multidimensional, and they 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 are scary at times. You know, they're maybe they're not as vicious or scary as the the first few, but th- that scene where they're attacking, uh, you know, the the engine workers or whatever, like they're pretty scary in that moment, and I love that moment. But I also love the trained aspect as well. And for instance, when you have a dog and that dog runs away and it's lost for a very long time and maybe it's living under you know a a, a, a demolished you know a, a broken into building or something like that and it you know you only see this dog every now and then when it's looking for food and maybe you you trap it and you try to take care of it to bring it back to kind of like bring it back to the world and, and clean it up and, and get it a home that dog's shell-shocked and i wonder if that's going to play into blue in this you know, in a new movie, because that's exactly what happened. She was a trained dog, and then she was let loose and sur- had to survive by herself, like you were saying before. Is that going to be okay? Is she going to be, tra- you know, traumatized, have a little bit of PTSD from living on mm-hmm. her own, and can she even handle that? So that'll be interesting to see her maybe come back from that and maybe have to grow a little bit and learn more. So. I don't know. I, I feel like that's well, a good comparison. Sorry, I just talked for here, like 45 minutes, I feel like. But. Here, here's my two points. With, I, I have formed two points in your saying. Um, the first is with domesticating dogs in general. I mean, you have, you know, whenever you go to the zoo or whatever and you have those painted dogs and they're like the most vicious breed of dog. I think they're a breed of dog, but they call them painted dogs. So they must be some kind of dog. I don't know. But I don't think you could truly domesticate one of those. So I, I'm guessing the argument people would have is, can you really domesticate a raptor like a dog? And I, I have to disagree. I don't think you can. I think you can um, train them to maybe respect you a little bit, but they're not going to sit. They're not going to listen like a regular dog. However, I wonder if you try to teach a, one of those painted dogs that they have in zoos, like the, the vicious ones, if that's more um, comparable to training a raptor with that analogy. And then um, my second point is the um, after I, I don't think with human interaction in that and even like the dog you said, if you just trained it and then let it go and it was lived on its own, I don't think it would ever come back to being how it was without people. I do think that anything interacting with people, a lost dog, a lost raptor, whatever it might be, I think that it's going to have it's going to be changed a little bit. I don't think you can ever truly revert back after it's had that experience. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah. those are my two points there. Yeah, I agree with that because any animal or, or dog or whatever that's been like abused has a really hard time coming back from from that and uh, they're they're very shell-shocked and cower, you know, and are afraid of humans. So that that could be, you know. Um 
And uh, as far as the like the the dogs that you were talking about, sort of like hyenas or you know something like yeah. that. That's basically like what that is or, or something. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's tough to say because you know people domesticate all kinds of things. You know, people have pigs that are pretty house friendly, and I've seen people have like you know a, a very bad idea, but don't do this. But uh, lions and like tiger, all kinds of w- weird animals that you should never have in your house. Um, but do they but, domesticate them to the same level that you would a house pet, like a dog, or is it more the same that the respectable thing of like a raptor, for example, but you just, you can't expect them to act like a domesticated puppy, right? You'd have to, but with at the a lion, same time, for example, you'd have to have a different relationship. At the same time, it's, it's like a, a human or a dog or anything. If you, if you pull the wrong string, you're going to get, you know, some bite back. And I think that happens with any any human or any dog. Like you could have a very well trained dog, but if you pull its tail too hard or you do something wrong, it might snap at you. So I feel like this is a dog podcast now. I know <laughs> it's an analogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just put raptor in place of dog whenever we say that. Um, but I, I feel know, like I feel like yeah, even if you treated a raptor correctly, you're still not completely safe. Same with a lion. I agree. Same with the tiger. I, I mean, I, same with the bear. I, I felt pretty safe with Blue in Jurassic World, for the most part. You know, um, I never really thought she would be too bad. I didn't. I wasn't afraid of, um, you know, all those encounters with Owen and all that. Especially because you're like, well, these are the stars in the movie. They're not gonna do this in the first movie. Hopefully, like he said, I'm I, like I I mentioned that a few times or last podcast or whatever. Kill off Owen. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see that. Like, I, I, I'd love to see that. So I'm kind of with him there. I, you know what? I got to say, the more I think about it, the more I hear about it, the more you talk about it. I was 100% like, no. But now I'm about 90% no. Because the more you, you say, I mean, I do want to, obviously, I want it to be Claire's movie. It is her movie. It's her trilogy. She'll get top billing. Like, all that awesome stuff would happen superficially. But I mean, yeah, it's not his movie. It's not his story. The only the only thing it's Chris Pratt though they're not going to lose him they would they wouldn't let him go ever because he's like a megastar but I story wise you know I'm I'm not against it I, I'm starting to think about that a little bit it might be okay and maybe not kill him off in this this movie here but maybe kill him off halfway through number three eh? maybe and I wonder like he said like how would in that case if that did ever happen how would Blue react. Um, yeah. You know, would it unleash this like fury that, uh, you know, unlocks this like different level where she becomes like the old Raptors, like brutal and violent more so? Um, I think she's pretty capable as she is right now, but um, it'll be interesting to see. If, yeah. If that, you know, order disappears in a way. Um, you know, it's funny. I you know. just brought it up. I, I This whole time I'm thinking, I mean, we don't know if Blue lives or dies, but. I'm thinking in my head, I'm picking up scenarios. I'm like, well, what if Blue like is dying and, and Owen has to like put her to sleep or, or be oh, there when on. she dies or something? I'm like, what if it's reversed? Oh. Like, what if Blue she, sees Blue Owen has die? To put Owen to sleep. She like just, yeah. she does the thing that uh, the Raptors did to Udesky in Jurassic Park 3. They just like snap his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, no, Owen. I, I, You're looking pretty bad. I'm just going <laughs> to snap. <laughs> yeah, that's the version I'm putting him to sleep. But um, like, I guess if you I didn't think about this, but if you flip it around, there there's that plot point. Blue has a syringe in her hand and she's just uh-huh. like just putting the the stuff in there just stay calm. Stay calm, Owen. 
just petting him yep. with their sickle claw. That, that's what I was going to say. That's why they have the sickle claw. It's like a thumb. So they could do that. Yeah, I mean, because at least in some point in this movie, somebody's syringing, uh, syringing? Is that a word? I don't know. But um, It is now. Doing it to uh, the to uh, whatever, blue at that point. You oh. know, they're they're got her all strapped up in like a truck or something. I don't know. So who knows? Maybe she's like, guys, don't do that ever again. I'm going to do it to you if you misbehave. <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. Well, let's move on. We've been doing this for an hour and we've not even oh, touched gosh. the surface. Oh, cool. Um, so this is a, uh, what is this? A voice memo from Gabby. Uh, let's take a listen. This one should be pretty quick. Play. I'm Gabby from Jurassic Kids and I want to know what's your favorite I don't eat Jurassic Park movie. Oh, <laughs> Gabby's my new favorite. Yeah, that's awesome. Gabby's got a, a segment here on the podcast with her with her dad, uh, AJ. So, oh, she wants to know what is your favorite dinosaur from each of the films. Oh my goodness, my favorite dinosaur for Gabby. Um, I gotta say T Rex because it, she's been there through the beginning and and she's a big part of the movies and. And she's in this one here, and it's it's just a, a through line. It's a constant that's in all of the films. So T-Rex is very important for Jurassic, so that, that's my pick. So, if, But if you had to pick one from each movie, like oh, a specific so from, one, what would like you get? Like an actual – well, I feel That's what I'm going to do. Right? Well, yeah. yeah that's a, so you get the same pick for one and four, right? Um. Okay. If I Okay, one. I mean it has to be the, the Jurassic Park T-Rex, definitely. That thing's epic, iconic. I'm going to go with the Brachiosaurus for, for Jurassic Park. Um, that's a close second. Yeah, I, I just, that's my favorite dinosaur and such an awesome scene. So I'll pick that. For the Lost World, hmm. Um, okay. Oh, I got the Raptors for the Lost World because yep. I really like them. Yep. I really like the way they looked. Exactly. That, uh, that's what I was just about to say, and you, you, you mm-hmm. beat me to it. So, yeah, the Raptors, the Tiger Stripes, they are so, so cool. I love those ones so much. Um, Jurassic Park three is an easy one for me. Do you have one? Um, the 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 what are they? The the what birds are in Jurassic three? Which ones are they? Pteranodons. Pteranodons. Okay, yeah, those. Okay, I that's, like those. that's a good pick. Fair pick. Um, I like the aviary stuff. That yeah. is that is really great. Uh, yeah, a lot of people really love that. Uh, you know, even if you don't love Jurassic Park three, that really stands out. Um. What about me? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the uh, Spinosaurus. I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. I love the Spinosaurus. I don't care that it beats a T-Rex. Who cares? Um, I love the Spinosaurus so much. It's a monster. It's crazy. It's not realistic, but it's it's awesome. Well, this is good because in this episode, you're getting all the hate mail this time. <laughs> That's fine. Right. That's fine. Bring it. <laughs> um, Jurassic World. What do we We got a lot of stuff in here. Um, hmm. oh, let me think. What do we like? I don't know. Do I like any dinosaurs in Jurassic World particularly? I'm going to go with the T-Rex. Um, I don't. See, this is what this is the problem with, my, with the T-Rex in this one. I love it, but I just don't like the CGI of it, and it just looks weird. Really? I don't know. What part? I, what, I don't, what, what especially don't you like at the end. It? I don't know. I don't, I don't love the T-Rex, the look of it. 
Um, like how it looks aged or whatever? Or? It, it doesn't look like it's textured textured well. It just looks oh, like man. a video game. Oh, I, dis- I disagree so much. I know. Maybe it's over textured. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Um, do, do you have – do you watch it on Blu-ray or – I've seen it on Blu-ray, yeah. Okay. Because um, the Blu-ray is so beautiful. It, like, looks so, so good. Like, I just the, – the T-Rex for me is, like, a, the, the thing that I, like, stand up from the couch and I'm, like – I get mm-hmm. close to the TV and I'm, like, this thing is beautiful. There is that one okay. scene that I don't love where, where she's, like, kind of staring at uh, Blue. That doesn't look too good. I at think the it's the end, angle. Like the After the end. fight, you know, and all that. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't look great about. to me, but – the fight looks amazing, and her, you know, yeah, triumphing yeah. over the kingdom looks incredible yeah. to me. Yeah. So that's my pick. I agree there. I guess it's just that stuck with me, that one scene you're talking about that yeah. looks weird with the yeah. with the ash flowing around. Yeah, that's just stuck with me in a bad place. But, you know, I'm going to go with the Mosasaurus because Ooh, that is a pick. cool dinosaur. Not a dinosaur, but good pick. I'm picking it. And <laughs> at the end, it saves the day. I mean, it's just really cool and different, and we don't really have sea creatures so i'm gonna pick the non-dinosaur the mosasaurus is my favorite dinosaur in jurassic Park, jurassic world nice i like that pick thank you gabby that was an awesome question uh hopefully we we uh answered it well for you um what do we have here uh we got another uh voicemail from clayton fioriti he you may have seen his uh videos on um youtube he's got a ton of videos out there explaining a lot of stuff in jurassic park um so let's uh take a listen Hey guys, it's uh, Clayton Fiorini here. Uh, saw this voicemail thing, thought it was cool. Uh, I have a hugely positive reaction about the DPT. I think it's awesome. This is the best thing for lore for like the past 20 years. Uh, I really appreciate all the stuff they've been doing. The dinosaur protection group's like the coolest thing I've actually seen get released that gives us answers. Just thought I'd like to share that with you guys. Metal toys look cool too, and it's 25 years of Jurassic, so it's going to be an awesome year. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, man, I I totally agree. The DPG is so cool. Like the just the the reveals and the the minor details and stuff like that that you almost like didn't even know you wanted. Um, it's so great to see all that stuff kind of come to life, and also very sad at the same time because you learn a lot of stuff that. You almost didn't want to know. Like, for instance, the uh, the Triceratops, you know, the the sick Triceratops being killed off, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not something you ever thought about after, you know, the movie. You, you kind of just like, yeah, I, maybe she got better, right? I mean. <laughs> like she was happily ever after. It's fine. <laughs> but but then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, what about what happened to that thing? Oh, oh, it got it has teeth marks in it from a T-Rex. Oh, that's sad. That's so sad. So stuff like that, you know, uh, little touches like, you know, I don't really care too much about knowing why the compies are on Nublar, but you can find out that through like shipping containers and stuff like that, they made their way from Sorna to Nublar, like little details like that. All the interest, uh, the, the, you know, what am I trying to say here? The, uh, you know, the quick if look, you don't I don't know, know what I'm trying know, to say, but... you know, the, the character details and stuff about like. Uh, you know, Daniela Pineda and Justice Smith's characters and stuff, even Claire setting up shop in San Francisco. Like you, you find out a little bit of details and all the stuff about the volcano. There's so much. And uh, we, we haven't even like touched the surface really because it's just like you need to dive deep into that to uh, really analyze it all. 
I mean, just to show how much stuff we've been getting in the last couple of months, just just in perspective, it is now March 1st, and we got the first behind the scenes and trailer beginning of December. It's only been a couple of months, and we can't even keep up on this monthly mailbag. I don't think we've honestly talked about this website together no, yet. No, no. It's just insanity, and I, I, I don't know. I can't keep up either, but... In, in spirit, I feel like we've we've talked about this. Our our souls have somehow done it, but we have not. So, what this 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 DPG thing? I remember when it first got announced. Um, I didn't. I was like, mm. you know, I didn't really. I needed some convincing, and I'm still not like 100. I'm about 99 percent on this. But it's so good. <laughs> the detail and and the stuff they're doing, and the effort. <laughs> that Universal's is putting into this this time. I was just telling someone the other day that they kind of missed the boat with Jurassic World because the stuff they're doing with this film is like everything they should have done with the first film. Like, where was the Claire Barbie in the first film? I want one of those, too. So, because mm. this is like more iconic, you know, and everyone just knows that character. And I don't, I hope just as many people are going to know this, sec- this new one here. But um, I feel like everything they're doing now, they kind of should have done for the first one a little bit. But we're getting it a little late, but oh well, just so we're getting it. But that that website and the effort they're putting into it and the Twitter, everything's just so fun. It's just really fun to be a fan now, and mm-hmm. it's it's really fun to just fall into the toys and the the online viral stuff and the campaigns and just everything that's going on. It's just a fun time. Yeah, I was laughing before because you, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm not still, I'm still not a hundred percent on board I'm with not. this. I, I'm expecting you to say like, you know, I'm like seventy percent. I'm still not a hundred percent on board. I'm like ninety nine percent. I'm like, wow, you sounded way more disappointed than ninety nine percent. It might drop to ninety eight one a couple days here or there, but oh, no, oh, for the man. most part, I'm ninety nine. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I got I don't know. I would love to I I you know, I don't listen back too too often to the show, but I would love to go back and listen to like, you know, maybe some episodes shortly after Jurassic World or maybe in the the how man, how many how long has it been? 2 years? No, 3 years? Oh my three wait, what? Years. Come on. Um in that time period uh and just kind of get a sense of like where we were at, what we were thinking because uh, I know for certain I said probably 100 times like, man, I just hope uh, hold on, let me play a clip. I'm going to go back and play. Man, I hope that Universal understands what they're dealing with. Like, they they have a franchise that people love. People want to see stuff. People want toys and merchandise and books and all this stuff. And and they just didn't do it for Jurassic World. They didn't know what they were, you know, had on their hands. They they underestimated. They weren't ready. That was a pretty good clip, wasn't it? That was, um, that was exact. That, I remember that. Episode. Yeah, I, I, I remember so you saying. I was just like so, you know, naive back then, and um, it's just so funny to think that that's what we were thinking, and we we just had no expectations for anything for marketing. We're like, they're not going to market this. They didn't do a lot last time, but it worked. You know, why wouldn't why would they change? Uh, they didn't mm-hmm. release a lot of toys. Why would they change? Um, you know, the the Miserani Global stuff was great, but. Uh, there, there wasn't a, I mean, there, there was a lot of details there, but nothing as eye-opening, I guess, as this stuff. Um, so it's just funny, like it's just funny how they just had zero expectations for the for Jurassic World, and now they have like the highest of expectations I for know. this movie, and it's like, like you're saying, we're falling behind. We gotta like catch up. But I mean, um, just to influence why we need this book more. 
I did batch my 99%. I didn't, <laughs> I still don't truly believe, I, I never saw this coming. When all of our predictions, like you're saying, going back, all of our predictions of where this movie was going to go, where Claire was going to go, I did not see this coming. I still have a hard time wrapping my head around where we are here and with this volcano. I did not see DPG or any of that coming miles away. I That was not a scenario that was even on my radar. And that's why I'm hoping this book will explain why we're here. This is, this is another valid point to have. I guess she did like dinosaurs at one point. I've news to me so <laughs> that's why the, this book i feel is going to pair well here because you do just see the part where she doesn't really care and now all of a sudden she does and maybe that's what i was missing here because i didn't know she used to like them so now knowing from this book that she used to like them makes sense a little bit with this dpg but i without the book and without that knowledge i wouldn't i have no idea why they would go this way but now you know the book's important because I guess that's why we're going this way. Yeah. But um, I mean, everything's I, important now. You know, we got yeah, so I'm, much stuff to, to, you know, to look upon and to sift through. Like, like I said, I, I've, I've gone through the DPG site, but like, I haven't like sat down and analyzed and like taken notes. I haven't done all that just yet. Um, there's so much and so many awesome details, like the leaked paperwork and all that mm. stuff and little details like that, like the, the handwriting on there, you even see like John ha- Hammond, you know, yes. signed off and you Signature, see like, yeah. you see that they're missing a species profile or something like that. And it's like maybe lost on site B and then you're like, oh, well, Roland, you know, as he's like, you know, well, what was that? Th- I think it was the, uh. When he's looking at the um uh the wait, am I, am I, the Pachycephalosaurus uh, no pa- yeah Pachy yeah that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say uh, and I guess I'm doing exactly what he did and he's flipping through his paper and he's like oh Elvis or whatever and he just like throws the paperwork like so stuff like that it's like lost on site B so it's like so many cool details you know mm-hmm. available to sift through and yeah we've barely touched the surface we're gonna touch a uh, you know a lot of that stuff coming up soon hopefully devote a lot of episodes to it coming up so uh it'll be interesting there's just but, so much to talk yeah. about it's we can't we can't keep up with this i like i said i didn't even talk about tell you about the site yet like it's just so much stuff in these last couple months yeah uh thank you uh clayton that was awesome uh we got to get you on the show here sometime soon so we'll, we'll try to work that out but um uh, some other people we got to try to get here on the show sometime soon is uh, two of our favorite uh, callers. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's take a listen to this. Hey guys, hey guys. It's, it's Veronica and Amy. <gasps> we <gasps> thought we'd call you guys together. Sorry for the awkward pause there. We were trying to plan it, but uh, the beat surprised us. Anyways, um, we told you guys we wanted to do this. A long time ago, so we just want to shoot you some questions together, and um, I'm going to let Amy go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah, so we thought this this is our surprise for March. Um, so awesome. You know, Veronica and I, live, we've been best friends since middle school, and we live in the same area, and we both obviously love Jurassic Park like you guys. Um, so our first question for you is, we thought it would be interesting to ask, like, have you guys or have you heard or both like wanted to um have you all been to hawaii and have you guys done the jurassic park tour i just found out about it because of veronica so i was pretty stoked about that 
Yeah. Um, I have a friend who did it, and uh, he said that the helicopter guy played the little tape of the Jurassic Park theme song while they were flying towards so the awesome. island. So I know it's a thing. So I was just, we were just curious if you had gone to Hawaii. Now, my question is for you guys is, um, so, seeing as there's so many movies out, like, what's your ranking, like, when you have the marathon, like, you know, do you do Jurassic Park first, or do you skip around, like, you know, like, how's your order of watching the movies, but also your order of, like, favorites, you know, is it, like, is Jurassic Park the first one, then J-World, and the Lost World, or, like, how is it, um, how is that, you know, little process, my thingy, my bob, if you understand me, because I know you do, um, I'm also tired, <laughs> so I'm just rambling, but anyways, uh, we just wanted to do that, and then, uh, we wanted to, uh, ask you guys, um, if you guys have dinosaur names, because if you don't, then you're not cool like me and Amy, because we have some, <laughs> right, Amy? That's right, <laughs> we can give you some, though, if you need them, but, uh, yeah, because Veronica gave me mine first. Uh, she started calling me Amy Soros, and then I followed her and mm-hmm. called her Verona Raptor. Oh. So <laughs> we can, we will be happy. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't have them dinosaur names, I don't think you can sit with us. But you know, <laughs> I think you should try and looking up one, guys. Well, we know the voicemail is short and sweet, so we wanted to just quickly say hi to you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Great talking Bye. to you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, oh, that is that so epic. awesome. So awesome oh hearing goodness. them together. So that is so great. Fun. First off, that they are like, you know, best friends and they both love Jurassic Park and they can both geek out about it for all these years. That is so cool. You know, I, I've I've had my cousins to, to geek out, you know, all, all of our lives essentially. Um, so it's nice to have somebody like that. I love it. That That's so cool. And they're, they're two of our, our favorite contributors, not to put them above other contributors. They're all equal, but we love them very much, and so that's cool that they're they're friends in real life. Yeah, that is so awesome. And man, I never thought about uh, dinosaur names for us. I don't, I know. don't have man. one. I would love to have one. Do it. Name okay. me. Oh man. Uh, uh... Oh man, this is difficult. I have no yeah, idea. <laughs> well, you're a a Bradiosaurus, like a Brachiosaurus. But oh a, wow. A... Okay. Brad, Brad, <laughs> Don't ask me to spell that. <laughs> um, well, if you put my full name, Bradley, um, Bradleyosaurus, I guess that could work, right? Bradleyacarosaurus. <laughs> you are like a, a brachiosaurus. I need someone to put your name with a brachiosaurus. Right. I just put your head on a little brachiosaurus nephew. Okay, my my head on a on a brachiosaurus. Yep. Oh gosh. Okay. That's where we are. <laughs> Someone do it. Um, man, I don't know. What what's like a what's man, I'm trying to like think of sources, but try to be more um Tyrannodons, Dimorphodon, uh mm-hmm. what would what did you say your you you had your favorites were the T Rex. I like the T Rex I like, the Dimorphodons I liked when I was a kid, Stegosauruses I like. But see, it doesn't matter what you like. Just what does your name go how with? About, how about, like, you could go like Jennifer Terex. <laughs> T-Rex. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> Terex. Oh, I like it. Just ignore my first name. 
Terex. <laughs> Terex. Yeah, I kind of like that. That's pretty good. I like good. that a lot. Terex and uh, Brad, Brad, Bradio, Bradio? Uh, Bradiosaurus? <laughs> Are we going with Bradleyos? Bradleyosaurus? That works. Like there a, you go. What was it? What else? Brad? What else do we have here? Um, oh, order have order of the um the movies. Do, do you watch them in any order? Do you have like a favorite one to go to, or do you have a a top four list? Um. Okay. Well, I have an interesting relationship with this because I I am a weird person who doesn't like oversaturating their favorite things. Mm-hmm. So. For example, when the Smallville finale happened, I loved it so much. I've only watched the Smallville finale about like four times in my life. I don't want to oversaturate because I don't want to lose that initial feeling of seeing it. So when Jurassic World came out, I didn't see it that much. I saw a lot in theaters, but like after a while, I didn't oversaturate. So I don't see the films in their entirety a lot. Even if if they're on TV, I'll watch some of it here there, but I don't particularly put it in and have marathons because i don't want to be oversaturated like i I have set feels attached i do that with songs too like i have certain songs that i just only listen to if i want a certain set of feels so i don't oversaturate with things so i never had a marathon so i think i would watch them in order though if i were to do that yeah i would say the same thing i would i would probably watch them in order um i i actually i'm trying to think i don't know when the last time i watched them was yeah like at this point i i uh, yeah, I could watch them at any moment, but I also don't have to, per se. Like, I feel like I know them pretty well, where it's yeah. like I don't need to, to reference them constantly. But, um, you know, like I said before, I feel like if I'm just, like, sitting down, just wanting to throw, you know, an easy movie on, I feel like Jurassic Park 3 is pretty go-to in that sense. Um, maybe even Jurassic World after that. I feel like the other ones maybe are a little less um you know manageable in that sense you know those are easier to to throw on um but yeah i would watch them in order if i'm going to marathon them i'm definitely going to watch them in order um in terms of ranking which i'm not a huge ranker of movies i don't really love doing that um but the this is an easy series i feel like um oh maybe not i don't know man it's so difficult. I, I, I feel like it changes. It, it changes per day and like how you feel per day. It really does. I my top two are always Jurassic Park and The Lost World, and they do flip flop for me because I I love them both pretty equally in a way. Um, so that's that's where I stand with those two. Number three is definitely Jurassic World, and number four Jurassic Park three. So those are pretty pretty set in stone there. Um, nothing's going to touch the, the first two for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think they can all exist in the same plane and, and, you know, I don't have to criticize one for not being as good as the other in a way, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's like what we were talking about before where something's got to be last, but you don't want something to be last because it's good. It's still good. Even though it's in fourth place, it's still excellent. It's still high above any other movie out there. But when you're ranking it against the best against the best, something has to be last and, I don't know. I mean, I this is so weird because I do I I got to put Jurassic Park first, but when I watch Jurassic World, it gives me everything I've ever wanted. Like it just f- fan fulfillment in every sense and it's really hard mm-hmm. to it pick is. between the two of them because they both give me different things. They're both obviously different time periods and they they give me different things in times of my life and it's very hard to 
pick those two. And now, after seeing The Lost World, I do enjoy Jurassic 3, but I do think The Lost World is better quality than Jurassic 3. I just might enjoy Jurassic 3's silliness and lightness more. Maybe that's why I like it a little bit more than Lost World. So quality-wise, I have to maybe put Lost World above Jurassic 3. But from personal enjoyment, I'm going to put Jurassic 3 above The Lost World. Just for now. But I I do have to see it again. So I'll I'll put that little disclaimer that I will see Jurassic uh, Lost World again and think about that. But those, those first two, though, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, that... They're two different monsters. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you put it really well. It, it, it They give you two different things, even for The Lost World, for me, in Jurassic Park. Like, they give you such different things and different tones. It's really hard mm-hmm. to tell, like, which one is, is the better one. I, I can't I can't say for sure. I, I really, like, I kind of want to say The Lost World, but I, I feel like, like I'm, like, backstabbing Jurassic Park yeah, by saying that. I kind of like, want to say Jurassic World in the same yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah it, it feels like I'm like hurting Jurassic Park's feelings by saying that because it is yeah. so iconic and so so good and so perfect. Um, but The Lost World really, really brings some some heavy vibes for me. I really love that one so much. It's it's so I don't know, man. I, it's well, uh, it, it's so hard. It could be tell. the same thing I said with before with Jurassic Three and, and Lost World. There's a quality reasoning and then there's like a personal reasoning Mm -hmm. so like quality reasoning i guess Jurassic park would win for you but a personal reasoning lost world might win for you maybe yeah same thing yeah with me like a quality Jurassic park yeah personal Jurassic world gives me everything i've ever wanted everything so hmm. and the last part was or the first part of theirs but um have you ever gone to hawaii oh that's my honeymoon i'm going to see the Jurassic sets Yes, in that's perfect. June of 20, 2019, I'm going. I haven't. Josh has seen um, the Jurassic Park stuff, but he hasn't been there since the Jurassic World stuff. Okay. Um. So um. That's that's where I'm going next year, next summer. That's awesome. Have you I, have you I been have, there? I have not ever been. No, I don't know like when it's on the table, but um, that's like it's a necessary trip for me. I feel like and my wife will be like, "Do you have to drag me to all these movie sets?" You know, because because so many of my favorite movies were filmed there, you know, Jurassic Park, uh, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, like so much cool stuff lost. Um, I'd want to see like all those places and be like, that's the spot. But I I haven't been there yet. Um, We did, I think, two episodes on uh, a lot of the locations we talked with. um, Aaron actually went there and he, he talked all about it. And uh, described a lot of the the sets and the, the different places and stuff like that that he got to do the visit and like kind of gave some pointers and stuff. And same thing, uh, uh, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina, she she gave us some some great pointers. We put a lot of pictures, I think, from both of them uh, on the website and stuff. So maybe do a little search on the website; you might find some cool stuff there. Um, but yeah, I, I really need to do that. And that would be so epic to be in like a helicopter and they put that on the radio. Like that would be so awesome. Oh my gosh. And the actual location, right? I uh, can't even. Yeah. That would I, be awesome. I, I was in South Africa and I went in a helicopter and I, I got Jurassic Park feels like it's <laughs> just something about a helicopter. <laughs> like I, I, that was actually, I think the only time I've ever been in a helicopter and it just like took off and I'm like, man, this is Jurassic Park. And I'm like looking out the window, like just imagining that. And I hear journey to the Island in my, you know, in my head as I'm flying around. It was, it was awesome. 
Wow, imagine actually being at the proper island. I, I cannot imagine. Like, that's got to just, like, hurt my brain. Like, I don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. That, that's mind-blowing. We're going we're gonna to marathon this. Are you, you all right to marathon this, uh, this episode? We got a, two more things to uh, touch on. I'm good. I hope right, those so, are still here. <laughs> this next one, th- uh, for, first off, thank you. Uh, Amy and Veronica, that was that was awesome. And and you guys get together, do some more stuff, you know, contribute more, have your own segment, do whatever you guys want. Like we we need you guys here more often. I feel like. But let's see what what else we have here. Um, this next one is a voicemail. I I uh, I couldn't hear exactly. Elise, Elisa, Alicia. I'm not sure. So let's take a listen. Hello, Jurassic Park Podcast. My name is Elise from Ontario, Canada. I've been a big fan of Jurassic Park over the last 25 years, and it's so far my favorite movie franchise. One of my favorite moments and most iconic that really got me into the series was the first time I saw it. I first saw Jurassic Park when I was in kindergarten. Wow. And around the time I was really learning, began to learn about dinosaurs. Of course, seeing it at such a really young age, it freaked me out. <laughs> but something about that fear just enticed me to keep coming back. And it's always, and it's always been a really interesting story about dinosaurs and, you know, uh, the illusion of control and cloning prehistoric life. And I'm so excited for the 25th anniversary and for Fallen Kingdom coming out this summer. Um, happy 25th anniversary. And here's hoping for another 25 more. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. See, when I when I hear like here's hoping for another 25 more, I'm like, that's that's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I, I did the same thing for Jurassic World 3 and, you know, so 2021 funny. or whatever. I'm like, wow, that's like I'm going to be like episode, you know, whatever. I don't even know. Like, that's a lot of stuff. So. Um, yeah, that, that was a, <laughs> that was an awesome yeah, voicemail there. Okay. Um, do you remember the first time you saw Jurassic Park? I don't know if we've touched upon this or not. I thought you were going to say, do you remember the first time you saw a dinosaur? <laughs> but no. Um, do you remember? The- <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were going to go. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw Jurassic Park was, I, okay. I never saw it. Um, you never saw it? Oh. For the first off, okay. Never saw it. Never saw Jurassic Park. No. What are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> Bye. Go no. home. It took me a long time to see the whole movie just because I always grew up with it. Um, same way that I've been seeing Lost World for the last 20 years. It was just always <laughs> on and around. So I've never, I never was afraid of it. I never saw it as a horror movie because I knew dinosaurs before I saw the movie. And I was into it before then. And then it just was a natural progression that it would be around or it would be on. Or my older cousins would have Jurassic toys or something like that. So I knew of it. And I knew pieces of it. But I probably didn't see the whole thing until I was maybe seven or eight-ish. Mm-hmm. Maybe nine. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't remember the first time I saw it in its entirety. And I don't remember my life before it. So I have no concrete moment of sitting down watching the whole thing and then crying of awesome it was it's just (laughs) it's just always been part of my life so i don't remember Mm -hmm. before or after yeah i kind of feel similarly like i i feel like i've talked about this a a bit here and there Mm -hmm. i just i don't remember seeing that or the lost world for the first time the the only one or i guess jurassic world too i remember that but um jurassic park 3 
uh, that's the first one I remember like sitting in the theater like same and I was old enough like for 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 Jurassic maybe even Jurassic Park but like the Lost World definitely I was old enough to remember but my brain doesn't work anymore so <laughs> there's that but um, seven minutes ago I don't know yeah so like yeah like I said I don't remember anything we've been recording for an hour and a half who knows what happened before this I don't, I don't um, remember. but I yeah I feel really bad about myself for not like remembering that like I feel like I'm like a bad fan but <laughs> No, you know what, though? You're a better fan because it's just so ingrained in your lifestyle uh-huh. that you can't, like, decipher when it happened because it's just been there it's for so long. It's always been there, yeah. It, like you said, yeah, it just, it's been there, and I don't remember when it started or how it started, but, uh, you know, I can look back on old videos and, and stuff like that of myself when my, you know, my parents were filming, you know, Christmas or birthdays or whatever and just be like, wow, I was a huge fan at that age. Like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I was a huge fan in 1993 when it first came out. So, I, I you know, I saw it back then. And I, I just don't know. You know, I don't remember that experience. And, man, that is just one part of my brain I would really like to unlock. But, yeah, I um, wish I could I remember the first time I sat down and watched the whole thing. But I I don't know where I was, what I was doing, or when it happened. But I just know that um, I've it's always been there somehow. Because mm-hmm. I was three when it came out, so I literally cannot remember a time before it, and I know it's just always been around. So I, I don't, I can't pinpoint when I first watched the whole thing in, in its entirety. Yeah. No idea. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, that was great. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm so excited for the 25th anniversary for yeah. Fallen Kingdom. How is that coming out this summer? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening. Ugh, I don't know where those man. three years went three yeah, years like that, we've like, been we've been friends for three years i know i thought about that the other day and i was like wait what like how and i think I did, was it you or, or somebody i think it was you maybe talked about like this movie or by the time the third one comes out we're all we'll all have been friends for like you know a decade almost, yeah like that's crazy that is so yeah. crazy you that know and, and even more me, for some that. of us you know I had that realization. Yeah, even longer. I've had that. I had that realization just with this trilogy. Not even talking about prior, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of us knew each other even before, like 2014, 2013, back when the 3D, before that even. I mean, geez, some yeah. of us have been around for a long time, and just the trilogy group, just this group here, between when they were filming the first one to the very end of the DVD release of this last one, a decade. We have been known each other, and we've been friends for a decade this family has grown 10 years together it's funny it's like that's longer than maybe like some of the kids you knew back in school or in high school or college like that's crazy that you know these these relationships and all this stuff have impacted so much you know just for this trilogy that's crazy and for 10 years that is a long time that's going from 18 years old to 28 or 20 to 38 or 16 to 26 like <laughs> yeah that was uh that was the funny part of of everybody talking about the the next movie is like oh my god and i saw so many people like which is crazy which is really awesome like saying that oh my god i'm gonna be 21 when that when comes up third one and, comes out and i'm like wait what <laughs> or i'm gonna be like, 18 or something i'm like that is so i mean that is just so awesome that this this franchise is bringing out people of so many ages and and uh you know i'm i'm gonna be uh, what did i say i was gonna be what am i don't I, the other day I, when everybody was saying this i honestly didn't even know how old i was 
<laughs> How old am I? What am I? T what are you? I'm going to turn 30. Wait, what year is it? I'm going to turn 33 <laughs> this year, I think. Um, so, so 34, 35. I think I'll be 35 because I won't turn 36 until after the movie comes out. So, yeah, 35, man. That's I'll be 31. That's 31. crazy. That's so crazy. Like it is scary. It, it's scary. It's we. I always tell people, um, it's weird being in this fandom because in the Jurassic fandom, it's it's the scope is so large because you have people who were ten when Jurassic Park came out and they're still into it here, which is awesome. And then you have people who who just saw Jurassic World when they were ten and now they're mm -hmm. online. So it's such a weird generational thing with the internet, and it's so cool. But then. I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the younger-ish ones of the Jurassic fans. And then when I go in the Bryce fandom, I'm like the oldest by 10 years on some of these. <laughs> it, and it's so weird because I'm one of the youngest in one and one of the oldest in the other. And it's all mushed together. Yeah. Well, hey, you're not the, you're not the, the youngest on the podcast. I think Tom beat you there. He's, well, nope, nope. Sorry. Gabby. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Tom. I think he, he said he's 19. Um, but, uh, Gabby definitely, uh, takes the cake there, at least for now. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and the next guy, um, on our list here, Arjun, I think he said he's going to be 40. So this, the, the span, the span of people here is, mm -hmm. is awesome. And that we're all f like super good friends and, you know, can share in this excitement together. It's, it's so great. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're all like kids. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. And that's, like, that's the best thing. It, it doesn't matter where you are, who you, what you look like, how old you are, anything. You all, it, it's just the great thing about Twitter and, and the internet. Mm -hmm. You can all just bond over something. There's no way. None of that matters. Yeah. So let's take a listen to Arjun's, uh, he, he said, tag this uh, mailbag March. And I think it's going to touch on a lot of the stuff that we, talked about last time so it's uh, hunkered down it's like four minutes long i think he said so let's take a listen i'll maybe i'll pause it and we can comment so oh oh gosh <laughs> well that was my dino roar that was pretty good and that scared question, me <laughs> february is in dutch and february is the way i pronounce it in english whoa <laughs> cover the bases. wait let's wait, i gotta hear this again was my dino roar and your other question, February is in Dutch, and February is the way I pronounce it in English. But well, I feel like I feel like he covered the basis there. He he says it in English my way, and I feel like he says it in Dutch your way. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's not really important, is it? Um, welcome by the Jura Postzak Maart editie. Huh? So now we had March in Dutch as well. Oh, so, okay. as you might have guessed by now, this is Arjan Bos. Let's continue with what I called in for. You guys were stuck with the timing of moving animals between Sorna and Nublar and how that would work with the animals hatching on both islands. I thought I'd take on the challenge and try to provide you with an answer, as well as another answer on why Nublar was called Site A, when it's clearly Jurassic Park San Diego that came before. But since so many sources mentioned Nublar as Site A, now I'll include that too, based on the timeline on, on Maserani Global. In 1975, Ingen was established in San Diego. In 1982, Ingen realized they needed a bigger factory to increase the speed of production and with that the chance of success, since up to then they had failed. They leased Sorna, Site B as a result, for that purpose. 
The plans for Site A, the park in San Diego, were ready and construction started the next year, in 1983, feeling surely close to success. Working on Sorna Hammond's dream grew from an amphitheater to a zoo, like his animal kingdom in Kenya, but with dinosaurs. And in 1985, Jurassic Park San Diego was decommissioned and Isla Nublar was leased as the new location for Jurassic Park, taking the name Site A from San Diego. Taking into account the events of extinction level this year, they succeeded with their first dinosaur, a Parasaurolophus, which died a few weeks later. Then within months, in 1986, they finally cloned their first dinosaur, which Hammond personally witnessed, a Velociraptor, which survived. In 1988, construction begins on Nublar, after all the surrounding hoopla had been taken care of, and in 1990, the first mature animals were moved from Sona to Nublar. Personally, I believe this included the T-Rex, Velociraptors, Brachiosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Triceratops, Metrigantisaurus, Herrerasaurus, Gallimimus, and Comsognathus as housekeepers. And unofficial, I believe that Dilophosaurus was added later, but in 1993 there were already adults next to the juvenile that took down Dennis Nedry. So most dinosaurs hatched on Sorna. Why then the lab on Nublar? My theory? Most eggs seen in that library were failed attempts and contained no life at all, just a showcase, as mentioned in the books, to make it look more interesting for visiting investors. But when Hammond would bring visitors to Nublar, and there were eggs about to hatch, they'd ship those eggs to Nublar. Hmm. What happened to the juvenile in Jurassic Park? The well, that I want to pause that real quick, because that's, that's an interesting point, and mm. it takes a lot of work, I feel like, right? Like, to... You know, you have this hatchery uh, lab thing that's on this moving tour. Like, essentially, you're 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 on Carousel of Progress, and you're watching this take place. You're not supposed to be interacting with this. You know, it's it's for show. So Grant is the 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 jerk that breaks the ride, gets off, and you know you know interferes with the cellular cellular mitosis or whatever he says. Um, right. So. It's just it, it is weird that if if it's supposed to be just you know uh, for show that there is actually hatching eggs. So he's saying that uh, they kind of ship these things over for when they know people are going to be taking the tour. But that the, the whole tour for me is is a bit weird because a lot of people like to say that it was only for investors, just for them, or or just for people signing off on the island. So it would have been for this tour and whoever you know, helped finance the park. I, I don't, I disagree with that sort of mentality. I feel like it was there for everybody who, no matter who showed up to this park, daily guests, everybody. Um, I feel like that's who this was for. Um, so like it questions John Hammond actually being in that show. Like what was the, he would have had to been there for every one yeah, right. and all that. And then the fact of him saying like, I'm here for the birth of every species or every dinosaur on this island. It, it, you know, the, the travel expense, you know, he would have had to go on from Sorna, watch every birth, and then he'd have to go back to Nublar because maybe they shipped some over. Or maybe he's in the middle of his presentation with the guests. Or maybe maybe for random park goers, maybe he didn't do that spiel in the beginning. But then they would have had to film a different intro, so that confusing to me. So just the, the, the mental, like, jump roping you have to do to, to, like, figure out where Hammond would have had to been for all the birth of all these dinosaurs yeah. is kind of, like, mind-boggling. Mind boggling. 
I'm trying to make sense of it. And maybe, maybe he just said that just because, or maybe he believed that he was there for everyone, but mostly he probably wasn't. Henry's in the background like, John, no, you have absolutely (laughs) not been here for the birth of everyone. Exactly. Maybe, maybe (laughs) he thinks he has, uh, not to discredit his sanity, but like maybe he thinks he has been there. I don't know. Because uh, I no. don't think he could physically actually be there for everyone. Especially if they're moving him back and forth like that. I mean, it's tough because they're really uh, – there's not a ton of dinosaurs in the movie. Um, there's a lot of like Brachiosaurus and Parasaurolophus and stuff you know, off in a dif- distance. So that would have been like a, a juggling act for him, um, especially because they all maybe look a similar age. But um, and then Arjun talked about the um, dinosaurs being brought over or something or being born or whatever in 1990 and brought over. Um, I just don't know, like, because I feel like, like I said, I feel like it takes seven years to like develop. I think a full T Rex, but I'm not sure. Who knows? Um, let's uh, let's continue on here. And see what else he has to say. Velociraptor. I believe they shipped it back with Henry Wu on the boat to Sorna before returning to the mainland. The baby raptor. Oh, and there were some issues for accepting Jurassic World happened in January 2015 due to snow in Madison, Wisconsin. Namely, the news items and backdoors inbox on Maserati Global. We'll have to forget that all the park cameras on JurassicWorld.com lost their feet after the June 2015 release date. But news on a company's website like Maserati Global can be pre-programmed to go live at a later date. Hoskins' email dated January 10th, 2015 is dated a little late, so Hoskins would already have passed. But starting up his email account could have the effect of sending any email still waiting in the outbox. And Masrani stating that he could not come visit to look at the Indominus earlier than June could have found a gap in his schedule. Maybe he took a longer flying lesson with his teacher, bribed him in showing (laughs) Jurassic World. To go visit in January instead of June. But not to hijack your mail back, you were saying? Yeah. Um, th- thanks, man. <laughs> um, th- that is, it's just, yeah, it's kind of all over the place, I feel like. And, and I, I don't know, for myself to kind of wrap my head around it, I might have to like take like an entire day off of work. <laughs> And kind of like right? create my own timeline that I know of sources and all that stuff. Masrani Global and all that. And yeah, he, he brings up the funny point of like, this is definitely like, I think Colin said a week after Christmas. And um, I guess what he's saying there is it's 2014, right? So because yeah. the emails were sent in January of 15, but he would have already been dead. Um so yeah, yeah, the cameras going offline in June 2015 makes no sense. You know, they're trying to kind of tie everything together. Those cameras were really cool. But um, the whole real time, like whenever a film comes out, whether it's real time or not, I think we have to give it a little bit of leeway because this would have been a little bit off, you know, due to that. Um, I guess, you know, they could have solved it by having no snow. And no Christmas music. It would have been a real right. easy fix, but that's not the case. So it's like one of those minor details that you're like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't make a hundred percent sense for me right now, but I can forgive it. It's not a. It doesn't like ruin anything. But some people I know probably have a hard time letting that go. So who knows? See, let me just say that I'm not a hundred percent on board, but I'm ninety nine percent on board with it <laughs> because. 
I mean, I don't, I don't understand the logic of knowing your film comes out in the summer and putting Christmas music in it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know. I, I yeah. mean, unless it got pushed back, I don't think it did. Unless something happened between production and then, and they're like, "Oh crap! Well, we have to. We already did the snow. We have to include it." But why? If if you know you're going to be a summer film, which it always has been. Why would you even bother with that? It was it would have been fine otherwise. And I think we had the argument of, well, the kids were there on Christmas break. Well, they could go on summer break too. Yeah. So I don't really get why you need that at all. I don't know. I don't know. And I, yeah, if if they did care, they would have they could have fixed that in reshoots. Like that would have been such an easy fix to just they didn't have to grab the same house. They could have got any house and just filmed in the summer, you know, and just not had Christmas music, just put anything else. Um, it does it does feel a little weird. I was actually watching Iron Man 3 the other day. And uh, have you seen that? And you're not a big superhero oddly, fan, right? That's like the only superhero movie I've ever seen, oddly. Okay. And and there is a, there's like this scene that bugs me so much. And I know – it like takes a place around New Year's and all that stuff or whatever, but like that's there's a scene where he's like testing out the armor and it's like all like shooting at him and like uh, attaching to his body and then like you know throwing him around his his lab and like I, I forget what song it is whether it's like Jingle Bells or some Christmas song is playing I'm like this just doesn't work for me at all like like yeah. put something better there and. It's fine, I guess, in Jurassic World. It kind of gives it that Christmas movie feel to me. Like, it almost feels like, you know, everybody talks about, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas and, like, all these different Christmas movies, like, whether they belong in that time frame. And Jurassic Mm -hmm. World, I'm like, yeah, throw it in. It's a Christmas movie. It has a Christmas song. (laughs) But literally no other aspect of it takes place in Christmas. So who knows? I just have no answer for that. I, I always forget actually that that's in there until I watch it, and then I'm I'm kind of jolted away like, oh yeah, like why are they doing that? I'm even seeing it live for the first time in June when it came out. I that I remember that and being a little like, it's June, like what's happening? Why why are we in Christmas right now? Like it's it's just weird and I, it doesn't make any sense. And it wouldn't it wouldn't fault the movie if it wasn't in there. Like it doesn't affect anything. Now I'm thinking so it's just of, bizarre. I'm thinking of the the score. Right now. Um, do you know the score that's under that moment in the film? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if I heard it, probably, but I don't yeah, know the name Yeah, let me, let me see. I'll, I'll bring it up here. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like the score, I wonder if that would make a difference, um, whether it was a summer movie or uh, a winter movie. You know, like, let me see. Um Sorry, no, no talking here. Um, because it, I, I don't know. When I'm thinking about it now, it kind of does have like uh, a Christmassy kind of. Like you mean the the song that plays with around the kids all the time, like that snowy. Exactly. It, it sounds exactly. like a snowflakey kind of yeah thing, like a snow globe or something. Okay, so here here is what I think should be the right one. Um, it does have a snow globey kind of feel. Yeah. Like I feel like it does have a Christmassy kind of yeah. feel to it. You know, it feels like snow. 
Like, seeing the snow on the ground in this scene makes sense to me when I hear this. Now, does it make sense if you're, like, looking at a nice, crisp, green lawn? <laughs> you know, the, picturing summer, there's birds, there's, like, the uh, freshly cut grass. Does it does it make as much sense to you? I think so. I think yeah. it works both ways. I guess so, because like they, use it later in, yeah. they use it later in the movie quite a bit. Um, so, you know, it, yeah, I guess it does work in that sense, but... I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting take, and uh, it just popped up in my head. Like, does it lend itself to Christmas time? I think it does. When you put two and two together, it feels Christmassy with that music. But I guess it could work either way. I can see an open field with like little daisies and summer. Yeah, Olaf coming in and singing his <laughs> summer song. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, we gotta, we gotta get a, a, a mashup of that. Yeah, I think it works. <laughs> so like yeah, the they're like arguing about the the you know saying goodbye to the girl. Why? But I've always loved the idea of Exact. Come on. We've had enough of you already. Like get in the car. You got to drop you off at the airport. I'm guessing you don't have much experience with heat. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> It fits. It's a perfect mashup. I'm gonna tell him. Zach, shut up, dude. <laughs> That's when Jurassic How? World takes place. <laughs> How did we get here? What is happening? I don't know. Nobody knows. This is this is a two hour long Jurassic mailbag. And probably longer because of the intros and all that stuff. Wow. And it ended with Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Oh my god! It gosh. defines what we do here. It really does. This is just a nightmare of a segment that nobody wanted to listen to in the first place, but we did it anyway. I know. Nobody <laughs> asked for this. It's one of those things that nobody knew that they they wanted but yet nobody really wants it anyway so it's just here and nobody wants it kind of thing yeah yeah i I know like clayton called in he's like yeah i saw the mailbag thing it sounded cool i'm like listen to it first and then see if it sounds cool (laughs) because it probably just your ears are bleeding at this point right and then i I see people post all the time like oh i listened to your podcast from the start and then went all the way through and now i'm all caught up Whenever I hear people talk about how your podcast about like that, and I'm like, wait a minute, you listen to all the mailbags too? Like, I get the episodes; they're really good, but you listen to the mailbags <laughs> as well, and you're still here. That's crazy to me. And we just keep getting more and more voicemails. Who are you people? Why? Why are you doing this to yourselves? <laughs> they all deserve awards and and trophies. They do. We'll have to give out like Olaf trophies. Or maybe you said you said like a brachiosaurus with my head. Let's put an Olaf's head on it. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jen, for joining me. Uh, where can everybody find you if they don't already know? Um, if you don't already know and you made it this far, congratulations. You could follow me at Jennifer underscore Lynn eighty nine. Um, and the newly vamp, revamped, amazing Bryce Dallas Howard Network at BryceDHoward.com now. Um, 
at BDH Network as well. And I just want to, I know you did this early in the podcast. I'm shouting out happy birthday to Bryce because her birthday is tomorrow because we're filming on the first and her birthday is on the second. So, whoop, happy birthday to my so, babe. So her, her birthday was several days ago. <laughs> yep. Yep, she's already old now. Already she's happened already several because. Days old. <laughs> but happy birthday, Bryce! Moment. We're a little belated here, but we already said it last week, so we got you covered. Oh man, wow! What did what just happened? I don't know. I don't know. Olaf saw a brachiosaurus. <laughs> Congratulations! You made it to the end of the March mailbag. March mailbag. Uh, what, what's the next month? Do we know? Do we know yet? A- did they announce a- what the next month is? March, April. Okay. April. How do we say April? This is going to be a, a, April is going to be a big time. There's a lot, a lot of toys coming out in April. So stay tuned. And who knows what's going to happen in this next month and what's going to get announced. And oh my gosh, stay tuned. Did you know, did you know that my hairdresser's name is April? Hey, well, guess what? I do now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure she was born in April though. I should ask. That would be so poetic. Anyway, I know someone whose name is Summer, and they were born in January. And so in January! <laughs> like that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you <laughs> in April! April. <laughs> Bye. Earlier in the show, in the news, the Dinosaur Protection Group released a video this week promoting the DPG and what it's all about, with Claire Deering as that spokesperson. We have the audio here for you to listen to, so let's check it out. My name is Claire Deering, and I'm the founder of the Dinosaur Protection Group. So this is a velociraptor. So many people loved Jurassic World. And when you say to them, when was the first time that you saw a dinosaur? I mean, you just see them light up. Dinosaurs are all so different. There are so many different species of dinosaurs. My mission in life is to ensure the safety and protection of these animals. What are you going to do to make sure that your children have the same experience that you did? You can help ensure their survival. Go to our website, browse around, sign up for our newsletter. Are you going to be a part of the generation who decided to have dinosaurs go extinct? Or will you be on board with making sure that dinosaurs can stay alive for future generations? We must save the dinosaurs. I really, really loved hearing from Claire, or maybe Bryce, I'm not really sure. Kind of uh, sounded a lot like Bryce in this, more so than maybe Claire. I might want to have to go back and uh, check out Jurassic World again just to kind of get an idea for her vocabulary and her style of speaking, because in this in this clip, it kind of sounded like, uh, like Bryce. I'll have to say that. 
Aside from that, I absolutely love this thing. I love the tie-ins. I loved all that. And actually, what you can't hear in this clip, there's a nice shot of a Dr. Pepper can. So they're already sprinkling in the commercialism here. Stay tuned. There's probably going to be a lot more. But if you want to find that, as I said before, the video is in the show notes and you can find the article that we wrote up last week. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Thanks for listening to the 140th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a big thanks to Terex for joining me again for another great-ish mailbag segment. Two hours is its probably too long, but you know, oh well. Sorry, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We're getting emails already for next month. So start sending yours in now to make sure that you make the cut for the next one. Also, a big thanks to Travis Stevens for creating that incredible new intro to the mailbag segment. It's an amazing mock on the uh, Blues Clues uh, mailbag, I guess. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it, guys. I didn't. I swear, I didn't watch it. I, I do love the intro though. But uh, stay tuned after this episode for a replay of his song to Jen, uninterrupted by our laughter. Enjoy. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review in iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. This song goes out to Jenny T., after her first and only viewing of the Lost World. You came to the party over 20 years late. You didn't have a single nice thing to say. Since 1997, your opinion was irrelevant. And in 2018, you finally took a chance. You took one glance. Months of fellow fan convincing. Months of convincing. 
bet the whole time you were wincing. It's like you didn't even watch it. Since 1997, you ignored Ian Malcolm Heffin. Seriously. January, you made the very good decision to watch The Lost World. Jurassic Park. And you hated it, you regretted it, and implied that you don't like that. I say what? You took your football tour on some key block holes. Why don't you leave Sarah Hart and leave her alone? What's your fault? Why do you think you are? Why do you clearly give a pass to JP? Doesn't make sense. Stop to think you got a serious problem with some independent female leads. Now I'm rapping. Now I'm rapping. Gonna rap about Dr. Ian Malcolm. Cause if I rap about him, it won't be liked by Jen. It's a double whammy, so I can get under her skin. Chaos theory outlined so clearly the dangers of all these dinosaurs here reappearing. Ian Malcolm warned us that up, life finds a way. Please listen to the words that Dr. Malcolm would say. The butterfly effect. Mom is very angry when you gotta go, you gotta go, and Rex is lawyer hangry. Cruel, but good word use, so don't take, take it out on me. Please risk it, till later there's the running and the screaming. God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, woman inherits the earth. Not just Bryce Heichel, Dallas Howard, you hated it, you deflated it, you destroyed it like the copies that nibbled at Dieter's nose and stuff, you ripped apart the characters as though you weren't aware that you're on the Jurassic Park podcast. Everybody saw the lost world two decades ago, you just came to the table with opinions alone. What are we supposed to say? To our dear Jenny T today. She's such a troglodyte.